Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Moray. And I'm back again, Corey Tyndall. Uh, and this week, we're here to talk about uh, the latest in uh, the Star Wars television series on Disney+, Plus, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we have a guest with us. So everyone, welcome to the show, Alex Hartley. Alex, welcome, sir. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Really appreciate it. So yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a Star Wars guy. Um, he's, you know, uh, one of the original characters that's in the uh, the original Star Wars film. If you don't know who he is, I don't know why you're listening to this episode, but um, <laughs> in the prequels, uh, in, in episodes one, two, and three, he was played by Ewan McGregor. In this series, Ewan McGregor is reprising, reprising the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the show takes place kind of between the end of episode three and the beginning of episode four, essentially. It's about uh, 10 years. It's 10 years after episode three and nine years before episode four. Am I right about yeah, that? Correct. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Jedi are on the run after the events of episode three. Um, Luke uh, and Leia have been divided amongst the Organas and um, uh, do the, I guess, the Skywalkers, right? No, because Anakin's last name. Yeah. Right? Is Owen's last name Skywalker? Last name is Lars. No, Lars. Lars. Oh, yeah, that's right. Owen, Owen, and, uh, yeah. And Baru. Owen and Baru Lars, his aunt and uncle um, on Tatooine. Um, Leia's on Alderaan, um, which is the planet that gets blown up at the beginning of episode four. Um, and Leia gets kidnapped. So that's the overarching story in this show, is that Leia gets kidnapped, and her adoptive father, Bail Organa, played by Jimmy, Jimmy Smith's, basically drags obi-wan out of retirement to go rescue her and the the main thrust of the show is sort of the adventure of one kind of going to get leia in the first half and two bringing leia back to her adoptive parents in the second half over the course of the show he encounters um some new characters that are kind of part of the resistance um, or the, the budding uh, rebel alliance, um, <clears throat> and kind of the, the seeds of that are starting to be sown, um, as well as some new uh, Empire characters and some characters who have been in the cartoons but have never been seen live action, as well as Darth Vader himself, uh, if you're unfamiliar, once again, not sure why you're listening to this episode, <laughs> but Darth Vader is Obi-Wan Kenobi's former apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, and Luke and Leia's real father. That's kind of it. Um, it's a pretty thin premise uh, for the six-episode series. So, um, yeah, what did you guys think overall about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Alex, we will start with you. Um, you know, I, I think going in, I was a little bit skeptical um, of the series as a whole because I, I wasn't exactly sure what they were making this series to say. And coming out of it, I think I still kind of feel the same way, unfortunately. Um, I, I guess I, it, it just, to me, it didn't feel like a story that needed to be told. It, it didn't feel like it added enough for me to the the gap, right, between episode three and episode four. So I, I came out of it thinking it was okay. Um, you know, there were parts that I, that I enjoyed. Um, Darth Vader, personally, is my favorite character in Star Wars. So anything with him in it is going to make me happy and it's going to make me want to watch it. But even then, you know, on the other side of it, I look at how they portrayed Darth Vader in some ways and I'm like, well, he wasn't tall enough and they kind of <laughs> nerfed him a little bit. And I don't know. So I, I don't know. For me, maybe I would give it like a six, six and a half out of ten. 
somewhere out of there. There were parts that I enjoyed, but overall I came out of it feeling like, you know, I was still, I was always kind of hoping for more. Like, when are they going to justify that this was a story that needed to be told in between the two episodes? You know, what, what about you yeah. guys? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Mike. We're going to end with you, Corey, because I think you may have the strongest feelings out of any of us on this episode. And I really want to get to that. Okay. <laughs> um, so we'll go Mike, me, and then Corey. I mean, I mostly echo Alex's thoughts in the sense of I'm not sure some of it was a story that needed to be told. Um, I think that I actually don't mind what they were going for conceptually, the broad strokes of the story. I mean, if you're going to make this kind of story, like we said, it's unnecessary. But if you're going to make it, the broad strokes of it are okay. I think where they stumble is in the little details. There's just a lot of sloppy execution, both in terms of the writing and then the directing lets it down in a lot of places. I think Deborah Chow is a good director, as you can see from the Mandalorian episodes that she went and filmed. But then she did all six of these, and I wonder if she was being stretched a little too thin. Uh, so overall, I think the show was kind of treading water for the first four, the first four episodes, but then in the last two, it picked up significantly. If you notice that the last two episodes were co-written or written by Andrew, Andrew Stanton. Stanton. Yep, who, I did notice yeah. that. <laughs> yep, who's of Pixar fame. He, I think, polished a lot of the sloppy parts out, although there's still some sloppy parts at the end. Yes. Um, but the, those episodes were significantly stronger. And I think it demonstrates the importance of a good ending because I thought that it, it mostly stuck the landing and so left me feeling better about the whole enterprise by the end of it because I think... What it really nailed correctly was the Obi-Wan Vader stuff for the most part. I mean, there's still problems with it. Um, And it it left me feeling like, okay, they at least got the core of this thing right. Um, But ultimately, I feel like this thing could have been a two and a half hour movie, which is what it was originally conceived as being back when they were talking about making Star Wars stories, movies, standalone movies. And I think that a lot of my problems with this come from the extraneous bits they've added on to it since then to make it a six part series instead. And you could really make, I think like a decent, I'm not saying like an amazing, but a decent movie, I think out of the six Mm -hmm. episodes and it would have been a lot stronger for it. And if you'd probably just reduce almost all the Reva stuff out of the show completely. And, um, it, it would have been, um, I think a a decent movie. Um, and I think it would have cleared up a lot of my issues with it too. Uh, I think you would have had some better, bigger budget, uh, and better special effects, and you could have done some more of these scenes a little bit more justice. It would have had probably better locations and settings for some of these pivotal fights that happened in the <laughs> show instead of, you know, a quarry that's on <laughs> Earth. And so little things like that. Um, that. But that gets back to the little details thing. I think that's where they kind of fell short. And it's almost death by a, th- a thousand paper cuts. But then it pulls itself together to kind of get across the finish line and leave me feeling okay about it. So I'm probably like a 7 out of 10. It's certainly better than Boba, but it's also not like the flagship series that Mandalorian is. And don't get me wrong, Mandalorian has some problems with it too, but it just didn't have as much care as it sometimes feels like that show did. Yeah, I'll just read the tweet that I had about it today. I marathoned the last three episodes uh, today um, ahead of this recording. Why has it taken the last two Star Wars shows five episodes before anything good happened? Um, yeah, that's fair. It's, yeah. It's just it's yeah it's it's 
it's a show that should have been a movie. Um, and I know mm-hmm, I say yeah. that a lot when we review TV shows, but man, it's a show that should have been a movie. It, I just could not find myself to care about anything in this show until the fifth episode, which was the by far the best episode of the sh- show. Um, and I thought it was really strong, actually. Like, I really didn't have any problems with that episode at all. And um, yeah, even like by the time we got to episode six, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, yeah. Sure. There's one <laughs> yeah. really great scene. There's one really great scene that I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. in episode yeah. six. Yeah. But um, other than that, I was like, ah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, this one's hard for me, you guys. I'm gonna be honest. Like, it's just so hard for me to have any sort of opinion on this strongly either way. <laughs> um, <laughs> that I, I don't know is fine. <laughs> I mean, can yeah. we agree that the fourth episode basically just didn't need to happen? at all yeah like that what infiltrating that? the inquisitor base oh yeah that whole that episode so accomplished good. nothing it like if you were making a movie you could literally remove that episode and you could almost go and like just stitch on some parts to either the ending of the third episode or the beginning of the fifth and you would have lost like basically no narrative thread at all yeah, yeah. so sloppy yep. too like yeah. oh yeah, yeah that was by so far the worst directed one so yeah that just like I, I totally agree with what you said, Mike. That like the details pull you out of it. Like I mm-hmm. feel like when you when a lot of people watch Star Wars, and at least for me, like you're watching it for the characters. Like Star Wars yeah. movies have never been great movies, but you love the characters, and so people watch this to see Obi Wan and Darth Vader and these characters that they love. But then when there's just like a whole lot of water coming through and then a door closes and they're all just dry on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some, somebody didn't really do a lot of review or just don't didn't ask take questions. enough time to like, when he's just like bringing Leia under his jacket and it's like okay <laughs> do we not think this through a little bit more like it makes you it pulls you out of the experience right yeah like you, absolutely you're wanting to just enjoy it and they're like stopping you from enjoying it because they didn't do enough like review or put enough care into making sure that it was a decent product yeah yeah, yeah. well and we we can talk more about those things that i didn't mean to go and start trading on what <laughs> Corey w- or maybe wants to say no. <laughs> um so go ahead Corey. <laughs> If I had to sum this show up in one word, I would say frustrating. It mm. is frustrating because I feel like there is a potential for something to be really good here. And you get glimpses of it from time to time, particularly episode five and episode six. But it's just it's just not. I just felt very <laughs> underwhelmed by this show. I just didn't care. I think I all the things that everyone has said so far, the attention to detail, like the lack of attention to detail, just the character development is really poor. The pacing is terrible. And I like, and we can talk more about this as we talk about all the Star Wars content, but I feel like I have been kind of in a place with Star Wars where I have extended lots of chances for things to Okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, <laughs> like, I I generally don't like a lot of the Disney Star Wars stuff that has been produced, but I try to go into these things like, I, I wanted this to succeed. Right. And it just, 
I don't know. I think this is the one. I texted Mike this, like, basically whenever an episode would come out, like, he would be the one I would process with because I just was sometimes just so irritated. Just like, <laughs> why is the writing so bad? But I think this might be the show that kind of, like, it's the, the final straw that breaks the camel's back for me, like, in terms of Star Wars stuff. Like, and it's not just, like, the show is, like, so terrible in itself, but I'm just, I just think I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, I just... All a lot of the enthusiasm that I've had for Star Wars and new Star Wars projects, this is kind of the one that just like took it out of me. Like because mm. there was so many clear examples of like people just not caring or not paying <laughs> attention to details or just like mm. they don't even understand how the fundamentals of storytelling work. Yeah. <laughs> like we like oh, this character was in this place, but then somehow in the next episode, they're in this other place and we're just never going to explain it and whatever. Or this character <laughs> knows this piece of information, but we're never going to clue the audience into how. how. Like, And there's so many times where characters made decisions and acted in ways that didn't feel like them. And I'm like, okay, like if you want to put a character in a different mental space than we've seen, I'm okay with that, but you have to like give us time to get there. Or if you want to do the internal, like, okay, like, they're fighting their demons, I'm good with that. But, like, you got to give us time to marinate in that. No. It's just, like, the show, it's just the writing felt so poor. And so I was even kind of surprised in episode six, like, that really good scene we got. I was like, how did that happen? Like, it feels well, more... Well, they, <laughs> they kill it at the very last no, line yes, of that yes, scene. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, for a show of this caliber that should have honestly been like operating like higher to that level. And it hadn't been, I was surprised that we even got that scene to the degree that we got it. So all of that to say, the show was very frustrating for me. And I, I think there's just something too of like, there's source material and there's lore here. And if you're going to write for a show like star Wars, or if you're going to do a star Wars movie, just like pay attention to the lore or like know how the universe works. If you're using these pre-established characters and I just, I think that was a hard part for me not so much of like, I wanted things to go this way, but it just felt like, Oh, well, well there was already like, there was a thing about that. And then you just like, didn't even address it. Or it's like, you set up this thing in your own show and then you just like forgot about it or you never came back to it. And I was like, how, how does that work? So frustrating is the word that I have okay. about this show. Yeah, Corey has definitely the most thoughts about this. I feel like. <laughs> and, I, and again, uh, it's not like this show in particular. Like, you know, I like the prequels. MJ, you and I have talked about that. Like, I, yeah. I defend Revenge of the Sith. And so it wasn't yeah. like I was so hyped for this show. But I think it was the one that I'm like, okay, if I want to see one of these really succeed... Like, I would love for it to be Obi-Wan. And just, it seemed like it was such an easy path to just even, like, decent. <laughs> like, even decent. But I don't feel yeah. like this show is decent. I feel like it barely, like, scrapes into average. Uh, Corey, did you see Boba Fett? I did not watch Boba Fett. Oh, you don't have to. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, to, use, to use an off-sided uh, yeah. phrase from MJ. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering, because that's kind of the one that, like, it wasn't necessarily a, uh, a straw that broke the camel's back yeah. for me, but like that show, if you listen to our episode on it, like it, uh, 
I watched the first episode and was like, mm, I don't need to see the rest of this. And then Mike wanted to do an episode on it. And I was like, I guess I'll watch the rest of it to do an episode. But yeah, I like. And so by the time Obi-Wan rolled around, I was like, I, yeah, I guess we can do an episode on it. That's fine. I was more interested in it than I was Boba Fett just inherently. Yeah. Um, but like I had no real enthusiasm for it after what happened with Boba Fett. Mandalorian, I'm still kind of in on just because I like the first two seasons. Um, and the two Mando episodes of Boba Fett are actually really good. Um, <laughs> but so that one, I'm still like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in on that one until I'm not. Um, and yeah, I, but yeah I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm slightly more interested in Andor just cause I like that character a lot. Um, I just, and, I don't, I don't care. Like all of the new <laughs> stuff that's coming. I just, I don't know. Like if, if anything has been proven by some of these shows and like some of the lack of attention to detail and the poor writing, it's kind of hard to know. Am I going to get a show that sure. actually cares about what it's trying to do? Or is it just trying to like be a thing to fill a slot in a streaming service? Well, and I think not to make this too macro too early. Yeah. yeah I do want to ta- yeah, talk some specifics, we, yes. but I mean, I think that's Disney's big problem across their market right now. Like yeah. I think, I think both this and Marvel are collapsing under their own weight, like pretty, pretty damn fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, at uh, the same time. Yep. Yeah. At the same time. And I don't know what they're going to do about it. Um, besides release avatar in, in December. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I think it's, I think it's going to spell trouble for them sooner than sooner rather than later. Um, you know, they're going to be fine. They're Disney. They're a multi-billion corporation. So a multi-billion dollar corporations, so it's hard to feel bad for them. No, but, I don't feel bad. <laughs> but, but one, they're doing it themselves. And two, yeah, I mean, even more so like what we've talked about as far back as, I mean, as far back, it's been like four weeks, but, um, <laughs> the, the Top Gun episode yeah. <laughs> where, you know, Mike touched on like a lot of older audiences are feeling kind of alienated by this stuff and mm-hmm. not showing up for it anymore. And do you know what the first movie to hit a billion dollars this year was? Top Gun <laughs> Maverick. Good. You know what <laughs> yep. still hasn't hit a billion dollars and has been out for like two months? Doctor Strange 2. Yep. Um, and these movies, I mean, these things were like for a while guaranteed to make a billion dollars. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's faltering and it's faltering quickly, um, mm-hmm. I think. I well, think fa- then, faster you than you anticipated. Uh, yeah. You add Pixar to the mix too, because, you know, even Lightyear's underperforming quite a bit. Yeah, like so, a ton. Because they've conditioned people to only expect Pixar movies on Disney Plus yes. instead of yes. seeing yep. them in a theater. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's maybe get too Yeah, yeah, too let's quick. pull it back. Yeah, yeah. There's still so, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do want to talk about, because I think we all mentioned the character stuff or lack thereof yeah. in, uh, in, in this series. And like, I was talking to my wife about it last night before I even uh, saw the last three episodes. And I was like, they've established that Obi-Wan is a different person. And we know that inherently one, yeah. because it's 10 years later and because like one, just because people changed in 10 years, but also what happened in the fallout of episode three but until episode five, we get almost none of that through the writing of the character. And yep. honestly, through Ewan McGregor's performance as well. Like, yeah. he's just kind of sad. And that's about where it stops. He's sad and he runs away. And he kind of... <laughs> a lot. Kind of barely uses the force if he still can. But then all of a yeah. sudden he can use it in episode five and six. 
Yep, and then suddenly <laughs> he's good at lightsaber dueling again, and he can use the Force, and and he can fight everything's with the Sith better Lord again at the top of his game somehow. Yep. Yeah, somehow Darth Vader at his peak, he can somehow win the battle. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so I I, I actually did reach out to uh, my buddy Blaine. Blaine, if you're listening, shout out to you. He had a Star Wars podcast for a while, so mm-hmm. I was like. Um, oh, he knows way more about this than I do. So I basically was like, is it possible for people to like force atrophy, right? Because I was like, at the beginning, I was like, and Mike had even texted me that like, that's one of his criticisms of the show is that like, his connection to the force is like, whatever. Anyway, it's not, mm-hmm. it's like weak or whatever. And yeah. so I was like, well, a child has to get trained in how to use the force. So maybe not using it for 10 years, it would atrophy. But then at the same time, like, how the hell does he not know that Anakin is Darth Vader? He would have felt that in the force, whether he wanted to or not, because he would have atrophied over the course of 10 years. Anyway, that's maybe too in the weeds. Um, no, but, we... <laughs> but you know, he brought up that it's, he, he thinks it might be sort of like what Luke in Last Jedi does, where it's like he cut himself off from the Force, but we do, but like we don't, we never get that yes. from from the show either exactly. way. So like we don't know yeah. if it was a conscious decision. We don't know if like Force atrophy and like the Force has been kind of broken for a while, which yes, is fine. We, we all know. Like, um, yeah. but this is this was just like a really weird direction to take this this kind of central element of of star wars well i mean because it goes back to the contradictory character writing um Mm -hmm. which is that okay if he's atrophying in the force because he's not using it a lot but then in another scene you go and see him talk to owen and he's talking about how luke must be trained it goes and creates this impression of well, how, who was going to train him if Obi-Wan now sucks at the Force? Yeah. You would think <laughs> that he's still somewhat practicing at it, right? It, it, and, and like that, that way he can properly teach Luke. And, and, the, and the show is full of these kind of like contradictory moments where one moment you kind of get the indication that the character's doing this, and then it'll zig like the next, sometimes within the same scene. Yeah. And the character zags. And, I mean, no, no better do you see it with the Roken character who shows up in the fourth episode where like within the same dialogue oh conversation, gosh. he's like, no, no, yeah. I, I, you, you don't know what the Empire's capable of. And the, or, no, sorry. Obi-Wan's like, you don't know what the Empire's capable of. And then he's like, yeah, I do. And you know, they kill my family and all this <laughs> stuff. And then he goes and says without any further convincing from Obi-Wan, <laughs> but if you need some help, I'll help you. Like, oh, wait, yeah, what, like I, what yeah, the that's... fuck? Like, how did we get from like that point to that point? <laughs> is that uh, is that ice cube junior? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. By, by the way, he was extremely limited as an actor in this show. He had like, some of the worst dialogue in this show. Yeah, he had, he was I given put, dog yeah. shit to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um it, and like I'm pretty sure like there's like another scene later on with him where it's almost the exact same thing where he's like, you know, you don't yeah. have to go and do this, Obi-Wan. And then he's kinda like, Yeah, I have to. And he's like, All right, I'll see ya. It's <laughs> <was> like what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, there's especially with that character, it really plays out like the scene. This is a weird comparison. It plays out like the scene, like the scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where Freddie Mercury comes out to his wife, and he's like, "I think I'm bisexual," and she's like, "No, you're gay," and he's like, "All right, guess I'm gay," and it's like, "Wait, <laughs> like what? What?" <laughs> like, like you, you skipped a couple steps there. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and like, and there's all kinds of moments like that with with a bunch of different characters. Yes. I mean, as much as I like the really good scene in, in between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan at the uh-huh. end where he, where he basically confirms that, you know, um, I killed Anakin, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But like in episode three of the show, um, he goes and says, I am what you made me. So he's saying that Obi-Wan's the guy who made him. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's like all kinds of like moments like that. And then, you know, you go to, um, crap, what's his name? The, the swindler character oh, who yeah. joins them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Camille. Um, yeah. Yeah. Camille. Yeah. It, like <laughs> he, he goes like, is like one second, like. I'm I'm a dirty swindler guy, and then he like basically like turns totally good yeah, from like yeah. one yeah, scene like, essentially. Happened? Yeah, and, and like the, the show goes and skips so many steps with all the characters. Like I get what they're going for, but you can't just go from like A to B within the same scene, and like at least like break it up within between two different scenes. Yeah, and yeah. they do the same thing with Riva. It's like okay, she's one note for like seventy percent of the show, and then just like in this last two episodes were supposed to like flip on a dime to be like oh like you have an arc and like there's a reason right. behind it's like no you haven't given us anything because up to this point she has acted like I mean, she sliced woman's hand off and like right. killed that other jedi it's like she doesn't have like any compassion for other people if she's really just going after vader like mm-hmm. wh- where where do you give us any of that yeah well and, and on top of that I don't understand what the point is of withholding that reveal about her being a youngling. Know. Like, like just drop we, that in the second episode. But we it all knew that. Yeah, they telegraph it from the first scene. So then why hold it so long? You're yeah. not going to surprise you know, anybody. In in a movie, if this was like a two and a half hour movie or something like that, maybe dropping that like an hour, 30 minutes in is like, okay, that's like an okay place to go and put it. But yeah. when you put it at the end of four hours or something like that, that's already happened. It, it doesn't have the same impact. So this is one of those things where structurally lengthening the series actually hurt it, yes, I think. I agree. Um, and, and then, you know, you get to the muddled character motivations of what was Reva like really attempting to do by killing Luke? Like, was she trying to like was she trying to get revenge on obi-wan because she knew that like luke is somewhat important to obi-wan did she like some sort somehow make an inference that that kid is important and connected to vader like why is she taking her frustration out on like some random kid now that doesn't make a lot of sense either also Um, also how does she get from the end of episode five like after she got (laughs) impaled with a lightsaber just to like immediately she's on tatooine Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that just is like one of those things where nobody in the show can like kill somebody yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like, it's, just it's make sure someone's dead. It's frustrating that like Star Wars is becoming a universe where like nobody can actually be killed. Like, yeah. you can just be yeah, stabbed sure. by a lightsaber and somehow you like magically heal yourself enough to like be able to travel, interplanetary travel. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that like, I mean, that's just a whole nother issue of like the type of story you're going to tell. It's like you're already within the bounds of things that have to happen. These characters have to arrive at a certain place to make the continuity work. So there's already, like, you're watching this show, and you're like, oh, I know who all these characters are. Nothing can happen to them because they all have to be in these other movies. So it kind of feels like it takes any of the weight out of what's going on. And so that's when you would think, like, maybe this should be more of a, like, internal journey type of thing where, like we see how Obi-Wan, if you're going to make him disconnected from the force, he ends up here. Or if like, you're going to try to do this character arc with Reva, because obviously she's not in the later movies. So you could 
if you could develop her correctly and then maybe she dies at the end, like it could have right. some yeah. weight to maybe Obi-Wan. There's or more Vader tension or about, something. about her fate. Yes. And there could be something, but no, like none of that happens. And so the, that even lends itself to like, I just don't care because I know all of these characters have to end up like we know Luke's never in any danger. We know Leia's never in any danger. Yeah. We know Obi-Wan can't die and Vader can't die. So it's like, what like what why am i watching this if there's not a good like motivating story behind it you know yeah yeah i think um sometimes to me like and, and i kind of like remarked this to my girlfriend when we were watching it, it kind of feels like disney like watched a star wars movie one time but like maybe they were on their phone for some of it <laughs> you know, like they're like well you know there's like a little funny droid that everybody likes and um, there's some cool lightsaber battles, and there's all these different, like, people with different names. But, like, I mean, even, like, when you look at the stuff with, like, the third sister and fifth yeah. sister stuff, like, that almost reminds me of, like, the Knights of Ren. Because it's, like, and maybe I missed something, but it's, like, what we, we never developed that. Like, what, who yeah. were some of these characters? So Why were they there? Like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I missed something. But. It, that stuff is in the Clone Wars, I think. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So oh, in Rebels. It's in Rebels yeah. because the fifth the brother course. is in is in Rebels. Um, right, and the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've definitely and the Grand Inquisitor dies in Rebels. Yeah, yes. and so that, yep. that's why everyone was like confused when he gets stabbed because yep. like, wait yep. a minute, wait, he it, can't die. But then, yeah, exactly. So you know, even things like that, where even his fate, you kind of like knew something was yeah. up with that aspect of it. Unless they um, were gonna break canon, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing um, that I think is beginning to hurt these shows is the more they go and draw from these cartoons, the the more it kind of hurts them. And look, I'm not somebody who looks down on animation. Right. I, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that yeah. it's fair for people to go and be like, Oh, that's just for kids. But there is a significant amount of people who are never going to watch those cartoons yeah, because they think they're for kids. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and the more you go and draw from that, the more confused people are going to get. And I, you know, I just don't know if that's a good term, a good long-term strategy to uh, build this universe by drawing from those things. We'll see. Uh, but I, I think, you know, there's really no reason why those Inquisitors need to be in there because most of them just go and say like, man, that Reva, she just keeps on screwing things up. But then like, they don't do anything either themselves. So yeah, I, like, what did you, what did you guys do and contribute to anything? I feel yeah. like they had two show ideas. And they're like, hey, we've got Obi-Wan, and maybe we have this idea about doing something with, like, the Inquisitors from Rebels, and they've used... Like, the hunting down Jedi. Yeah, and they've used Inquisitors and, like, you know, Fallen Order and stuff, and they're like, yeah. maybe we could do that. Like, there was parts of this, for me watching it, like, you know, I've seen some of Rebels, and I've played Fallen Order, where it's like, oh, they're trying to take storylines from those yeah. things and put them in here. <clears throat> but this should be an Obi-Wan movie. It doesn't really feel like that stuff fits it never it never really makes sense it's like they have these two kind of stories that almost meet but then they they never really do they kind of like you know like see each other like kind of mm. in the same area and they're like oh hey but it doesn't really feel like they intersect in a meaningful way yeah well and, and you can tell because the inquisitors themselves drop out of the show basically yeah. after the fourth episode so yeah. they don't even like really end up mattering that much at all and I mean, and you're touching on something that is kind of the elephant in the room, but yeah. a lot of this show is just kind of a pale imitation of what Fallen Order already did. Yeah, way, way better. 
by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, because uh, who's the Trilla, right? Trilla, She's yeah. the Inquisitor yeah. in in Fallen Order. She's just a much better executed version yeah. of yep. Reva. Yep. Yeah, and and then you know, as much as I like the scene that we we, we will talk about yeah, uh, we, at the end of the sixth yeah. episode with Darth Vader, they kind of do that scene with Ahsoka and Darth Vader in Star yes, Wars Rebels. Yeah, that's the other thing uh, too. Yeah, that's they, a... they they borrow they borrow the exact same imagery except the other eye. Yeah, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So I mean, and look, go and pilfer, I guess, from things you know, go and steal from things that um are are good, I, I guess, but. Like some of this stuff is fairly recent. We're talking like yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. Some of these things were made. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and, uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say like, it almost kind of feels like they, they think that the audience hasn't seen some of this stuff. And so it's like, they won't notice. I mean, <laughs> but, I would have never noticed the from rebel thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never noticed the, the other eye rebels thing. Cause I didn't know that that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then they're also drawing from those things to go and be like, Hey, look, it's that inquisitor yeah. from this show. So yeah. it's like, you're supposed to kind of know these things. Yeah. And, but it also kind of feels like there's this element of like, Eh, video games like they're not a real yeah, storytelling do, medium yeah. <laughs> like 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 nobody will notice that like and everybody so, notices uh, yeah but then like Fallen Order probably has a better story than Obi-Wan does yeah, so it's like no that. actually that was better storytelling medium than it looks was like. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Fallen so anyway. Order was great by the way I'm glad we're all heaping praise on Fallen Order yeah. I really liked that game a I'm lot I'm excited but, for the sequel yeah same um, but it, it's funny because I'm glad you guys brought that up because I was watching this show going they did some of this shit in Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, and even um, Force Unleashed, like, at the end of episode five, when Vader, like, mm, brings yeah. the ship down, I was like, hey, yeah. wait a minute. Like, this is the beginning of Force Unleashed. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like someone kind of just made an algorithm of other Star Wars things yep. and then kind of shoved them in there. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, Alex's comment about star wars uh on on while well, on your phone is kind of accurate yeah which again to that point i think i texted mike or i think both of you guys were texting about this that like there was news coming out about like the different people who helped contribute on the show and write it and it's like one of the writers had never seen revenge of the sith and so <laughs> i i just get i i just get floored by i'm like how can you literally be writing something that is supposed to be like bridging the continuity between episode mm -hmm. three and four. And you've never seen revenge of the Sith because the you're show paid tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars and you can't do your homework. And I'm Have not, you not even saying you need to be times. a hard. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you need to be a hardcore star Wars fan because sometimes having the outside perspective can help the storytelling in different ways. But like you literally have not watched the thing that you are building upon. And so if that is true, it kind of makes sense why these characters don't make sense, why they don't develop them well, because they don't know where they're coming from. And like, mm -hmm. they just know like, okay, well they all have to live to be in a new hope. And this, this show does so much of this where, and again, this is where it's like, I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard star Wars fan. Like I, I would say I know a pretty good amount. And like, I read some of the expanded universe stuff, but there's just a lot of, like I said, a, a lack of attention to detail. Just basic stuff. Like, if you're watching Revenge of the Sith, and then you watch this, it, like, there's even stuff when, when you know, Reva's like, oh, you didn't know that Anakin was Darth Vader. I was kind of like, wait a minute. There's a scene in Revenge of the Sith where Obi-Wan and Yoda watch the recording from, like, when Anakin's doing stuff, and he, 
he sees Palpatine call him Lord Vader. So, oh, like, there, there's things like <laughs> well, that. Well, well, well uh, hold on. I, 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 hold on. I think Reva was saying that Anakin's, i.e. Darth Vader, is alive, which that, yeah. that's the revelation for him. But, and like... So, I mean, you can maybe justify it because it's like Obi-Wan just cut himself off and, like, is not paying attention to the news and doesn't hear about, like, <laughs> Darth Vader <laughs> doing news. stuff. But, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he's, not che- but, yeah. he's not checking Force Book. Yeah. Right. Hey. Yeah. So I mean, like, so yeah. Nice. Good job. <laughs> but but it's one of those things where it's like there's a lot of stuff like that, and there's other stuff too. Like, you know, like Luke in A New Hope has never been exposed to the Jedi, never seen the Force, and whatever. And I know, like, technically, if you watch the show, he never actually sees Reva with an ignited lightsaber. But come on, there's an Inquisitor in his living room with a lightsaber. Yeah. And like earlier when they're in the like they're on Tatooine, like trying to hunt down that Jedi. Luke never overhears any of that. And like, so there's stuff like that where it just felt like really sloppy and really like barely like, okay, so it, it's kind of technically not breaking the rules mm-hmm. and lore here, but it just feels it's like really pushing it's it. It's really <laughs> sloppy. And it's like, no one just had the, the decency, the common sense to just be like, oh yeah, these things happen. They were already established. Like Luke never has seen a lightsaber or heard of Jedi. We should probably, maybe not do this whole kind of hunting Jedi arc on Tatooine. It doesn't really make sense. Or like well, Tatooine, I mean, like, yeah. Outer Rim Planet. That's the whole reason it's, why they took Luke there. You know, yeah, like... It's a middle of nowhere that like, but, Inquisitors but, probably aren't but visiting the, But the Inquisitors and the Empire just are there like half the show, it feels like. So there's just stuff well, like I, that. I mean, I saw a meme that was like... Uh, <laughs> it, it was like... Uh, Obi-Wan getting chased down by every Jedi hunter in the planet, and then it was like Yoda on Dagobah, and he was just sleeping. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I mean, like, talking about pushing against canon, the biggest one is probably just this giant adventure that Obi-Wan and Leia go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It, like, you know, I mean, yeah. Leia's whole dialogue is in episode four, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you, you served my father, father in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yep. Why doesn't she go and bring up like, yo, you saved my life like 10 years ago. Remember that time where I almost got tortured and it was really traumatic and we flew yeah. all across the galaxy and had all these yeah. adventures. I know you really well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's our you know, little secret, you know? It's yeah. a little secret. So no need to mention anyone. that here, though. Yeah. I'll, re- I'll mention yeah. some random thing about what you did with my dad 20 years ago. But, Not the I thing mean, that like, happened nine the, years ago. Not the thing that happened nine years ago. Though. Also, no need to mention that while we're on the verge of the guy who ordered my kidnapping is about to do genocide <laughs> on my planet. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is like one of those things where I feel like the broad stroke story version of this, which is like, you know, maybe Leia needs one rescue one time and Obi-Wan helps and she yeah. only knows him as Ben. So she doesn't really know that it's Obi-Wan who saved her. And it happens when she's like five years old. Right. Then you can make the story make some sense. Cause like a five-year-old doesn't really remember too much about like their lives and like the people, yeah. like the adults that came across and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And if it was just like one rescue, yes. okay. You know, she's probably yes. being threatened all the time as a political figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what's, what's a couple of assassination attempts right. between political figures? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's something where I could see it work in a movie, but because it's a show, she has to go and be uh, captured several times. And each time it kind of defies belief that she doesn't like strongly remember him and have pretty decent feelings about him by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, I mean, the thing is, and it's always in with one thing, 
but the problem is that like I kind of liked their relationship in the show, yeah. so I'm kind of okay with it. Like she starts off annoying, and yeah. her chase scenes in the beginning are a little <laughs> atrocious. Those yeah. are horrible. <laughs> so yeah. bad. Yeah. It's um, like Disney. You oof. have money. Where, we can talk about that later. But where is the money yeah. behind this show? Oh my god. But like I, I like their relationship, and so like yeah. it's almost enough to like sandpaper uh, over the plot holes. It's not, like almost. Not for me. But yeah. it, like for me, but. I don't begrudge anybody who feels differently. I am absolutely in that boat, Mike. I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. That's actually almost verbatim the next point I was I was gonna make. <laughs> Aside from this, the here comes Psycho MJ wanting to kill kids again. I think uh, <laughs> I think that this story also would have maybe worked a lot better if and not to do the like here's how I would have done it thing, but like I mean it, it, it's it's the larger point that like you guys have been touching on which is that no one can freaking die but like yep. all these characters are so plot safe so like what if we make it a different kid that's somehow important i don't know how exactly. i don't get paid the money like but an, then another maybe, jedi yeah like another force sensitive kid yes and maybe mm-hmm. maybe that kid doesn't make it you know and like that's like the trigger it, it, for obi-wan to be like yes, oh i have to yes. like wake up and do something yes that exactly mm-hmm. that yes you know like that's the version that i would see working if you're not going to give us the internal journey that obi-wan is clearly on because obi like you oh. mcgregor himself is really frustrating in this show because yes. i think he's actually really great from like the end of episode four to the end of the show like he's he's like when he's full-on obi-wan mode yes it's yes. awesome but the way like he chooses <laughs> to play sad obi-wan is like not it's not quite i i sort of see what he's going for but it's not quite what he's not communicating it very well at all yeah i would agree i i was more on board with it but um it's definitely a choice yeah it's not the most like i don't want to say the most showy choice he just kind of plays like the shutdown version of him but there was definitely like a jarring bit i'd say in the first like two episodes especially it just kind of didn't feel like he knew how to play obi-wan as well yeah. anymore in general and so that's what i had more of an issue with i felt like by the episode three or something like that he was kind of being back to like that's kind of how i imagine him acting and and like because he was in the back of the truck with like the redneck alien mm-hmm. and i thought like <laughs> his, his acting in that part was like pretty good yeah um and, and so like from the third episode on i mean i didn't like uh. the stuff where he was like running in the in the quarry around the dirt so piles bad. and like turning it, off his lightsaber and then running away and then turning back on yeah like, that was so bad yeah yeah but like once again that's an editing thing though it's yeah. an editing and directing thing because there's you could have just like had him be reluctant but you didn't have to have like three different attempts at that also like, so much shaky scene. cam in this yeah. Show. Yeah. like for the fights yeah. it's just like give me a freaking wide shot and let me see them yeah. fight even in, epi- yeah. in even in the last episode and those good scenes we'll mm-hmm. talk about but yeah sorry no no I, I i that's something else that i think we do need to touch on which is like the directing choices. I mean, okay. I, I yeah. think we've probably yeah. like covered a lot of the, the plot things that we could spend forever on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because um, there, there um, are a lot. I, I have one but, last thing. It reminded me of, did you guys see last days in the desert, the movie where he plays Jesus? You remember uh, parts of it? No, but yeah. I've seen scenes of it. Yeah. Okay. He kind of, it kind of reminded me cause he plays like sad sack Jesus in that movie. And like, yeah, yeah. it kind of like the way he plays Obi-Wan in the first, like three ish episodes is kind of like his performance as Jesus to the point where like, uh Kristen mentioned it and like Kristen I was surprised she she remembered watching that movie because it's not that <laughs> good um but she was like oh it's because she was like this is like when he played Jesus and I was like oh my god yeah it's exactly like when when he played Jesus so um 
yeah, that's 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 how he approached the character, which it almost felt like the meme at that point of like, you know, yeah, the, the Obi-Wan looks like Jesus. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. meme. I last yeah. last thing I will say story plot, not like getting into the micro stuff, but I think right. this would have. I think this show would have been substantially better if they wanted to go with the, like, he's out of touch, he's shut down, whatever, Obi-Wan. If they had gone the route of, like, it was more internal and we got a lot more flashbacks. That's honestly yes. what I thought. Yes. I, yes. That's what I thought yes. we were going to do. It's like, oh, they have Hayden Christensen. They're going to do this. And I was like, I kept waiting for it. I kept waiting for it. And honestly, it was episode four after, like, Vader just, like, destroyed him. And I was like, oh, that was horrible. And it's like, it starts the episode with both of them in the back to tank. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to be the, like, the heavy, like, flashback. Like, this is where they're coming, mm -hmm. finally. I would have wanted them earlier, but they're coming. And then, no, he's just immediately like, where is Leia? And we're just, we move past that, like, he just got destroyed by his former, you know, his yep. student. And there's none of the internal stuff. And I think this is where the show would have been so much better. If, yeah. like, it was flashback heavy. You have Hayden Christensen. Yes. I just can't understand the writers. You have them back. The whole thing is, like, we'll talk about this last episode. They have really good chemistry together. They do. They work, yeah, well. they do. They work great off each other. Even that, like, that crappy flashback we got, like, it was, it was great, but it was... There was stuff in that where I'm like, why haven't you been giving us that no, like, the whole time? If Obi-Wan yep. is reflecting and he's thinking about Anakin and you have all this stuff with, with the Clone Wars that you can pull from and you can finally put it in live action, you could just give yeah. us like vignettes as he's thinking yep. on Tatooine. It's like when they were fighting the Clone Wars, all this stuff that a lot of people have never seen. So you have tons yeah. of stuff to pull from. And so by the time we get to like... If you want to do the first encounter with Vader where he gets destroyed and all this other stuff, we've had time to like mentally be where he's at. Mm -hmm. And like it yeah. it's it's more of an engaging thing. And like they kind of tried to do that later in the show, but I honestly think it was not executed well and it was like too little too, too late. Too little too late. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I agree with you. Um that's probably the biggest missed opportunity of this was not utilizing Hayden Christensen because guess what? He's actually a good actor, guys. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty he good flash. in this. He's pretty good in the show, and, and, for and he's sure. good in this. Yeah, and um, you you should have had little flashbacks to him in every episode, and maybe like yep. the stuff that are in those flashbacks inform Obi Wan's actions today, like the yeah. current episode, like yes. it relates to what's going well, on. Well, because that's how episode that, five is structured, and it's the best right. episode of the show, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, I really liked like six for fan pleasing reasons, but mm -hmm. as a structural, like, written episode, yes, the five, fifth episode is yeah. the best written one. Yes. Um, and, and it's for that exact reason. And it made you go and realize, wait, the whole show could have been like this. Yeah, Why exactly. were they holing back the what entire were they time? Doing? Like, like, it feels like the show literally had like one hand tied behind its back because they had the elements there to make it really compelling. And then they like chose not to until almost the very end. It's and, like uh, it's like they didn't even know what they had. It's, it's like weird. they were building this off of prequel love, and like they're they're like, okay, we're gonna finally cash us in now. The prequels have come around, kind of in culture, like mm -hmm. you know, yeah. people have like said like, oh yeah, I like these a lot more, especially after like the sequel trilogy. They're like, uh, yeah. oh, the prequels are coherent <laughs> and have a story, and like they're actually good. 
you know, but like they didn't, they barely did any of that. So like when I, it feels like there's still somewhat embarrassed by the prequels like that, like uh, that they had a feeling that like some metric or something like that. Some algorithm tells them that if Hayden Christensen has showed up in the first episode in the first five minutes, that there's going to be some segment of society that's like, ugh, and would turn it off or something. It feels no. like that's what's driving it. Is that like they, they felt like they had to withhold him because they felt like some people still would I, hold grudges about that. I don't understand. And it's, I don't, they had the money, they had the resources, they had everything. If you're going to bring him back for the show, I don't even mm-hmm. know if he's in the suit. So you literally I, use him for two scenes. Is. Apparently, but we can't tell that. Yeah. But we see him for two scenes, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like, it's such a waste. Ugh, okay. Well, yeah, it's the, like I, I definitely agree with you all. There's so many missed opportunities in so many areas. But then it's obviously also frustrating with what we were talking about earlier because what you actually did choose to do with the story, it didn't feel like you put the right amount of effort in that it deserved mm-hmm. to yeah. give these characters these earned moments where you get to these moments and it's like, how did we get to this point where Obi-Wan suddenly like knows what he's doing again? Or, yep. you know, that, that Reva switches sides or things yeah. like that. You didn't write it to get to the point where you got it. So like if you're going to choose to do that, at least like, try to do a good job you're not gonna like like you said pull from the clone wars or or use hayden christensen where you should be using him like you have him like use yeah him. people want to see him yeah, yeah. i mean well, yeah. especially for them to go and trot him out during like all these promotional That's tours exactly and stuff right. like exactly. that for the show yeah you know, like they were, they were selling him as the second main character. Yeah. And then you kind of have like a bait and switch with Reva. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, she's the second main character, Psych. And <laughs> and her character is, you know, just inconsistently written. And, and it's like, yeah. man, I would rather watch the stuff between Hayden and Ewan McGregor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, the other thing, too, is that stuff's not just like the best stuff performance wise it's the best stuff it's the best written stuff in there like the whole their mm-hmm. whole dialogue in that yeah mirroring what's happening with the like the cat and mouse game that they're playing in the present day for the show is really mm-hmm. like it's really clever mm-hmm. and i really like that and i was like man i that's so novel like i wish this would have been the structure for the whole show like you guys were saying because it's like that would inform us way more about where obi-wan is currently and like what he's going through and also what vader's going through like because he's still like a well-defined character you know like he's as far as villains go especially he's one of the most well-defined villains in movie history and yeah which is hard in this show because it's like because you don't have any of the what is informing him vader has a couple scenes too where he does things that seem very out of character for him like sparing reva's life multiple times yeah or like yeah or even and I know there's plot armor, but like if he encountered Obi Wan in Episode Three and he just like whipped him so bad and he has all this anger and hatred, he would have killed him there. He wouldn't yeah. have let him go. But we know obviously because of the movie. So why even write a scene like that where you write yourself into a corner and you're like, well, I guess they just have to. He has to escape because New Hope. You know, like so what? why? So why even do that? Yeah, that's like where. It, it's just you do a little bit of cleanup in the writing department and make it like, oh, he let Obi-Wan go because he wants him to suffer more. He, yeah. he wants him to be at his peak and beat him. Or he knows that yeah. he's connected to the rebel cell and he wants to go and track that down. And so then, okay, now I understand why he let him go. But then they never yeah, like, they and that's what I thought that. they were going to do the next episode. <laughs> but then they don't. And I was like, wait, what? Like, 
but that was such an easy layup. Just like explain it like that. And then they didn't. Yeah. And, and, and it, but what's a weird lot of is those that they, they do that with Reba later though, where he's about to mm-hmm. kill her. And then she's like, I put a tracker on the ship and he's like, okay, maybe I was wrong about you. Like, yeah. and that's very consistent for Vader. I feel like, but it, yeah, that is, but, that's more in character. Yes. But what I'm saying is like, because that's more in character, why not put that with the Obi-Wan fight to like have him do it yeah. there as well? Because they knew they were going to do it with Reva, and so they didn't want to do it twice. Yeah. Well, I don't and, know. And, like, and I feel like that's one of the things we're getting at, too, with, like, the sad Obi-Wan is, like, people were so mad about sad Luke that I feel like they were kind of, like... But then at the same time... Retroactively like, justifying it with this character decision? It, it, well, that's what I felt like. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's sort of, like, what it felt like, but also they didn't go far enough with it if that's what they were doing, so it just kind of, yeah. like, it feels like this dangling thread, but also, like why would you do that if you know it didn't work with fans previously so then you kind of split yeah. the difference and so it's just like okay well what are we doing here i feel like they yeah. made the same mistake again and like we don't need to get into full last jedi but right. i think a lot of people did not like luke's portrayal because like yeah they took him in a different direction than a lot of people felt he should go but like they didn't justify it fully there was one flashback scene that really kind of like tried to show you this is what luke's feeling but right. they didn't they didn't really justify it or they're just like hey we'll just we'll throw Yoda in here and he'll talk to Luke and right. like they'll they'll but none of those things now really Now he's fixed. Now he's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Yoda Yoda burned up the Jedi text. It's all good now, but none of those but things None of those things really well Ray had all the knowledge, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Except she didn't cuz she carried the books with. Her. Anyway, okay, uh, anyway, you know, going uh, back to Obi-Wan. Anyway, but the the, the point is <laughs> they didn't do that how they wanted to portray Luke, they did not define it well. They did not like give us enough time to sit in it and to like really get into his headspace of like, this is how he got here. Even if I don't like yeah. that decision, this is how he got here. It makes sense. The story makes sense. And so it's like you were saying, MJ, if they didn't land the first time, you think they would like learn from like, okay, we, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do sad Obi-Wan. We need yeah. to like really build the show around that and like really get into his head and do lots of flashbacks and help yeah. people understand why he's inform sad. the character. But they yeah. don't. They, they do did the even thing. less, as a matter yes. of fact. Like I understand where <laughs> Luke's coming from in Last Jedi significantly more than I understand where Obi Wan is coming from in this show. Yeah. Because well, yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah. Sorry, I I totally agree, and like I think on the other side of that like when you look at how darth vader is portrayed in the show i definitely agree that there are several moments that are very out of character for him yeah and especially at the end like you 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 know that they're gonna have this like epic battle right that we've never seen before (laughs) and how how are they gonna end this right like how are they gonna get both of these characters out of this yep and get them to the next film because no neither of them can die obviously it just doesn't make sense to me that he would just bury him and essentially just leave him for dead. Like again, multiple times in the show, he leaves characters for dead, which is just not Darth Vader's character. No. Like if he was going to defeat Obi-Wan, he would have done it in the most like passionate, personal, like painful way possible. And that is like almost the exact opposite of what he would have done. And I don't know, for me personally, as, like, a huge Darth Vader fan, it really upsets me that, like, they essentially just, like, nerf him after yeah. that, and Obi-Wan just defeats him. Like, that was the exact opposite of what, what I was hoping they would do. Which was, I was hoping there would be some kind of way that they would come to a stalemate of some sort and just kind of be on, you know, like, all right, we both know that we're, like, in the galaxy, but, like, 
our next meeting isn't for the next nine years. But I, I don't know how they would have done that. But I wasn't the one that decided to write this show. <laughs> yeah. But the well, way that they I did mean, it I, was like the worst possible way they could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there is dialogue where he goes and says, you know, when we last met, I was the learner. What the learner. Are you, yeah. The you circle know, is. Con- but now I'm yeah. the master. So, I mean, like. It, yeah. it lays the foundation there where if there are going to be another confrontation that happens, he had to have lost in some way. Um, so I, I don't personally, I don't mind that Obi-Wan beats him. I mean, maybe not so definitively in some ways, maybe that could have been done a little bit differently. My issue with it is more that like Obi-Wan has clear definitive proof now that Anakin is dead essentially. <laughs> and he doesn't go and finish the job. Yeah. And I feel too. like, He's yeah, like it, literally it, he, space Hitler. Like you're he not says it, right. He says it again. He's him. like, he's like, I'll do what I must. So are you going to yeah. kill him or not? Yeah. Right. Which gets, which gets back to like the contradictory like statements thing where it's like, he's saying like, I need to go and kill this guy. He's like saying master, I need to go and finish him or whatever. It's me or him kind of stuff. And then he, does, then he actually doesn't do that. And so, um, <laughs> but, but like, once again, you could have like one line of dialogue or like just tidy that scene up by like one second. Cause like Darth Vader gets really angry. And then like he, because he's so angry, the force like starts like crushing the environment and all starts like collapsing and falling apart. Cause he just did that move like literally five minutes ago where he yeah. like, touched the ground and everything collapsed. And so everyone has to retreat and he can't go and do the killing blow. Like, there are ways where you can yes, fix this. And then, exactly. and then of course he has to run away. And then like, you know, maybe Darth Vader doesn't know whether he lived or died from that or whatever. And so they, they both go their separate ways afterwards. Well, There's ways to go in right around these. What's things. funny is that the video games have been doing that for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Like there's constantly like little conveniences that happen in the video games when you fight Darth Vader that make him have to leave or like you have to leave or whatever. Yes. So like, just take, right. just, ste- order. just steal one of those and put it in this. Yeah. And but, even more okay, for look, me, like, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The, no, go ahead. Like, if he's leaving Darth Vader just to continue doing what he's doing, I mean, what does that say to me? Like, that almost, like, says something awful about Obi-Wan and the Jedi because Obi-Wan exactly. and his decision to leave Darth Vader for dead on Mustafar is already kind of selfish, right? Like, he says, like, I loved you, like, you were my brother. Like, he cares for this person so much that he's actually not supposed to as a Jedi, that he leaves this person for dead, who then becomes a, you know, genocidal mass murderer. And now he knows all of this, and he does it again? Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. seems awful. Like, why would you just keep letting him do what he's doing? Like, it seems, again, very selfish. Like, you have this beef with him, more than a beef. But you're just going to let him continue doing what he's doing to all these innocent people all across the galaxy like not even one planet but like the the amount of people that this man's life has affected one person that you have the power twice to like end him and you don't i don't know that just i i know that that's probably not like the feeling that most people get at the end of that but that's how i feel i'm like what does that say like, no i i, I get where you're coming from alex makes no that sense. makes sense yeah i mean basically it's like hey if you had uh 
Osama bin Laden in your grasp yeah. <laughs> and, and you could go and end him and then you don't like you, you do bear some more responsibility for not doing something well, yeah but... I mean it's sort of like it's sort of like Batman Joker thing right like he yeah. like Batman could like he should probably kill the Joker he should probably yeah, kill. yeah. like, yeah. like he, he, if you really if you really think about it ba- Batman, oh, yeah. Batman's yeah. like no no killing rule is actually harming Gotham way more than anything else yeah um, absolutely but, yeah. but like at least he captures the guy like Obi Obi-Wan's just like goodbye Darth like it's his first name yeah. and uh and <laughs> so then just know, dips so they can well, even more like you hope. said like if somebody yeah. captured Osama bin Laden and like spared him once like maybe some people would give them a pass but right. if they captured him again and then you spared him again everybody'd be like what <laughs> like yeah. you had two chances especially yeah. after I mean, like the- he's Obi-Wan has kind of come to, and you know, we can talk about this scene if you want to, but like he comes to that realization of like, and all the mm-hmm. stuff Anakin says. And so the kind of arc they had for him gets kind of fulfilled there. And so that's where it's like, MJ, what you and Mike are saying about like, write some convenience to like, Obi-Wan is like, I, I know what I have to do. I'm going to try to kill him and something stops them. And so then. Yeah then that's it's not that hard it's not that hard but that i feel like that makes more sense to finish his character arc in light of like the conversation they have there yeah absolutely yeah it's just little things like that once again it's just sloppy now look maybe i can retroactively justify it or you know kind of give some sort of explanation (laughs) which is i mean okay you go and kill vader it doesn't stop the empire from doing empire things it's not like stopping the emperor you know he's there's still the figurehead of the empire still is out there. They're still going to keep on doing what they're doing. So, I mean, I guess you could maybe look at it that way and you know, Jedi can't go and kill in anger, but there needs to be a written explanation or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a lot like, more satisfying than me headcanoning a reason well, why. And also like, is that like, not, to, I mean, not, not to be flippant or like <laughs> shitty to you, Mike about it, but like, I, is that a justification to not go and kill Goebbels if you have the chance, you know? like Yeah, no, right, yeah, exactly. No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, so, like, I'm trying to give other reasons why, but I'm playing devil's advocate <laughs> no, here because no. generally, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, but, okay, let's, let's talk about that scene Yeah, let's talk itself. about the scene, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay, <laughs> like, that scene was pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it was, it was it's real cool. good. It's cool. And, like, I, I appreciated that that part where Obi-Wan yeets all the rocks at him because that's using Anakin's weakness ground against him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed that they uh, managed to restrain themselves and not have Vader go and crack a joke about having the high grounds when he was trying to yeah, bury Obi-Wan in the, the pit. Yeah. yeah, I'm also, I'm glad that uh, when he says goodbye, Darth, uh, he says, Obi-Wan instead of no. Because <laughs> I was full on expecting a no. The no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh I, oh you go you go Mike. Well, I mean just to go and let our audience know what we're talking about in case you don't. Oh yeah. So obviously Obi-Wan goes and beats up Darth Vader. Um part of Darth Vader's mask kind of cracks open and you see Anakin underneath and they exchange some words and uh 
there's some good physical acting from Hayden Christensen in there. Uh, yeah. And the, the voice is flipping back and forth yeah. between Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones' voice, which we should probably talk about a little bit about that yeah. too, because obviously James Earl Jones' voice was recreated uh, With using... With AI, yeah. Respeacher? Yeah, using Respeacher. Thank you. Because yeah. um, he sounds a lot better in this than he did in... Um, Rogue One. What is it? Rogue, Rogue One. One. Rogue yeah. One, he sounded real old <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he did. Um, but I know MJ, you had some problem with the artifacts and all that stuff for the voice uh it um, wasn't you know what it was it was so on the on the boba fett episode i really had a problem with the artifacting on on uh luke's Luke. luke's alexa voice but i i i heard one line it was the line where he's like um do you really believe that i didn't feel that youngling or whatever when he that mm-hmm. his last line to like reva before he leaves after he kills her but doesn't um and so on my phone, it sounded really bad, but on my soundbar, it sounded fine. His his voice actually mm. sounded really great, I thought, coming through my sound system. I had to watch... I had a lot of problems with the sound of this show in that it, the dialogue was so quiet, um, and I don't know why. And uh, it, yeah, it really bugged me, but I had to watch it super loud to hear the dialogue, but then all the sound effects were crazy loud. But yeah. Vader's voice, like... Vader's voice is closer to a sound effect than it is like actual dialogue. So his voice came coming through was like, it was pretty dope actually. Like, yeah. especially like if I was sitting, we just redid like the room we're sitting in. So, uh, I can sit closer to the subwoofer now and it sounded really neat. And actually the, the re-speecher, because there's all those effects on his voice sounded fine. Um, yeah. 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 He, he sounded pretty good. Yeah. And he sounds the best he's sounded since the original trilogy. Yes. Yeah. In Agreed. my opinion. Agreed. And so, um, that, that scene to me, it almost or maybe did almost justify this entire thing for me. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand it, your qualms almost, with it. It's, yeah. It was really good. Uh, yeah. It felt like they designed this whole thing around that moment. <laughs> they just didn't properly build up to it. Yes. But um, I, I did enjoy that quite a bit. And I wish we'd had more of that kind of thing throughout no, the entire it's, show. It's great. And big shout out to the sound design there. That yeah, blending that of amazing. the James Earl Jones voice and the Hayden mm-hmm. Christensen voice. That's one of the coolest things I've heard uh, mm-hmm. since Sound of Metal started doing. Like, because um, that's that's a movie about a, a deaf character. And they, they do a lot of like really cool stuff in the sub frequencies with uh, like it basically making the audience kind of hear the way he hears. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that like blending of the voices was so seamless and cool sounding. Like I was, I rewatched it like three or four times because I was like, I I can't even, I can't even really begin to figure out how they did that (laughs) to make it sound like so seamless. It's gotta be something that Respeacher does. Like it's gotta be one of the AI things that that they have at their disposal. It's so good. I was going to say like, particularly that, like I rewatched the scene because, it was it was the standout scene of the whole show. Yeah. And I do yeah. think they were kind of like aiming like we have to hit this. But there is like the direction was so good in that scene. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like the the sound mixing, the sound design was great. I love that we got Hayden's voice, but even there was I don't know if you guys noticed it. Like I rewatched the scene a couple times. There was part- they were very particular where they chose it would be Hayden and where it would be more Vader. So it's mm. like yes. you know, like even like the first thing he says is like Anakin's gone. It's like I'm what remains, and it's like remains where it switches over to Vader. To and Vader. so there's there's even there's stuff like that where it's like 
it's it's almost like he he broke through to Anakin for a, for just yes. a split second. And there's even stuff too with like the lighting. So it's like mm-hmm. the first part of the scene is lit yeah. with Obi Wan's lightsaber, and so that's kind of like when Anakin is saying, "It's like you didn't fail me, Obi Wan," you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like when Vader comes out, it's like that's when like he's illuminated by like the red lightsaber. So all of that direction and just like that intricacy and that attention to detail, all the stuff that I was like moaning about earlier that I felt like this show didn't do or like couldn't do this show proved me wrong. It's like, it's right here. So like, why can't you do that holistically? This, that scene was so well done. Like I got done watching it and I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this show, but I'm going to go look that scene up again because it was so, it was so well done. And I love that. Like the physicality, of like Hayden actually getting to do that scene. Cause I'm sure yeah. he like actually did the scene. He said all the lines and then they chose where to blend in, you know, the James Earl Jones voice, but like, it was so good. And I felt like him and Ewan, that was really like, you could tell like they were there. They were, yeah. they were given yes. it. Yeah. They were like, they were fully locked in. And I was like, that's what I wanted to see. And like, that's what I wanted in all those flashbacks. And so just at least getting one of these scenes, it's like, for me, I don't feel like it justifies the whole show, but I was like, okay, like, this is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I get I, at least at the end, I guess they kind like someone asked me, it's like, did it stick the landing? And I'm like, uh, kind of ish. It's like that scene was enough to like pull it out of like failing area for me, but like it's not enough to. I don't know if I would tell someone who's a Star Wars fan to watch the show. But that scene was like so well done, and I I'm just... glad that the scene exists. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I'm glad yeah. that like it's something that's part of the series now, so I, yeah. I can watch it in isolation. Because exactly. like, I'm not. I really hate those people who go and have like Twitter reactions to the things. Like, I got chills <laughs> watching yeah. this. Or whatever. But, like, I, I did actually like get kind of emotional. No, yeah, like, no, at I, that did moment. I did too. Ewan's it, really, really, really freaking good in that scene too. Like welling up and, and yeah. tearing up and stuff. He's he's. That's some of the best. That's the best acting he's done. Yeah. It felt like Revenge yeah. of the Sith to me. It felt like mm-hmm. that last, like those moments on Mustafar. Like it, I felt that again. Yeah. And just to, I want to get Alex in the conversation yeah, too. Um, but um, I just want to say one of the aspect about it that I liked was from a narrative standpoint, because we're talking about whether or not this needs to exist. I do think that scene is kind of the final piece in the, of the puzzle in mm-hmm. reconciling Anakin and Darth Vader as the same person, but also kind of this like weird split personality thing. Yeah. That like, yeah. Cause like, look, I like episode three, but he does make kind of a dramatic shift towards like, I'm going to go kids now. Yeah. And you know, like it, it's, it's a lot. He, he goes through a lot in that movie. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and like, you know, he's still not quite like Darth Vader by the end of it. No. Um, it, it, you know, you didn't really see him as the suited Darth Vader in action. And then this like is kind of the final part of the transformation for me a little bit, and n- now like you know he goes and adds that little bit of oh I I'm the one who killed Anakin Skywalker and you know which kind of is a justification for the lie eventually that Obi Wan goes and tells but it's kind of a clever way of doing it like I do think that it kind of reconciles a lot of things a little bit better and, and now like the lie makes a little more sense why Obi Wan would say such a thing you know it's still a stretch if you really like think when, about yeah it. when he tells Luke yeah right yeah you know that that Anakin or Darth Vader murdered your father you know all that stuff um, but 
I think it leads in a good spot. And then obviously they add the little part where he goes and says like, goodbye, Darth, which is kind of yeah. referencing him oh, referring yeah. to, um, you know, him as Darth in a new hope, mm. which at the time when he, Lucas is writing that he totally meant that to be his first name and not a title, yeah. but, um, you know, it, I think it does a good job trying to bridge the eras together pretty well. And I know we've talked a lot about nitpicking plot <laughs> holes and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, Star Wars has always been part of, like, you know, full of plot holes and retconning yeah. itself. I mean, Luke and Leia are yeah. kissing each other, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Leia saying she has memories of her mom when like she ha- has the same memories as Luke, which is like their babies for five seconds in front of her in episode three. Well, now she knows um, about her mom because Obi-Wan told her. Yeah, and even that kind of stuff actually, I think, like, does slightly justify this show's existence. So, um, anyway, I really liked that scene. It was a good scene, and um, I wish we had more of that. Yeah, Alex, what did you think about the scene? Oh, I totally agree. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but you know, coming back and not to be a downer, but like, it's <laughs> almost like you know, we we look at this scene and it's like, wow, this is such a meaningful scene between these two characters who are so well developed through all of these movies and media that we've seen them in. And yet there's all these other characters that nobody cares about because they (laughs) haven't let us care about them. Yeah. They haven't built them up to a place where you actually care what happens to them. Like when, when Reva dies, it's like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like these other movies have, have created this basis for us to care about these characters and, and watch their development. And obviously that's why people are watching the series, right? For, for Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And if they could have created other characters that would have worked, it would have been great because look at Mando. Everybody loves Mando. It's a great character that people care about and people care what happens to him and people care about his backstory because they wrote him well. But I don't know. I I think that does kind of move to like a more macro point of like, you know, and and I think most of y'all would probably agree with this, but Disney's just kind of using a lot of these characters to be like, hey, uh, you want to watch this series about this guy? We we didn't Mm -hmm. make him, but we have the rights to him now, so we could make a (laughs) show that you'd watch, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, we might even, like, uh, you know, throw in, like, a baby character of another character. (laughs) (laughs) What about that? That'd make you happy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely uh, an element of... They, they dangle these things like carrots in front of yeah. us to keep us subscribed to I their shows. I almost feel but... like to a certain extent, and maybe this is getting a little too too intense, but I almost feel like infantilized to a certain point. It's like, yeah, you'd, you'd like baby Princess Leia, right? And baby Luke Skywalker, yeah. right? There's a, there's, mm. You liked the baby Yoda guy, right? You'd like mm. this. Like, I don't know. That's what it feels like a little bit to me. Like, it, like, like MJ said, this could have been a story about a new character that is you know yeah more interesting mm-hmm. or you you don't have to 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 dance around these like plot holes and such you know mm-hmm. yeah now i think that there's an element of that i almost feel like another cynical version of the reason why they brought on <laughs> leia um beyond just the baby versions of characters is like there's a subtle kind of retcon that's going on where like leia is now kind of the more key important character in the whole saga which 
I don't know if I'm yeah. really down with. <laughs> um, you know, she she gets all the cute little precocious, like super genius moments, but then Luke like trips on some rocks and gets knocked out. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you know, like like you couldn't have like Luke give like one little indication he's got some force powers. Like maybe when they're having him run away, he hops on a speeder and then Reva gives chase, and he kind of demonstrates some aptitude with piloting at that point. And then you know maybe he she shoots him down and he kind of crashes and then he's knocked out because of that. And then he's like, Just now this like is pod racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And so anyway. Wizard. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, still a good movie though. I like. Yeah, it. I like that um, movie too. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's like little things like that where um, I don't want to get super cynical and be like, yeah, girl power. Like that's what Disney's trying to do with all this stuff. But like. Why can't I mean I don't I know you have to keep Luke away from Obi Wan more yeah. for plot reasons than yeah. Leia, but like he he couldn't like demonstrate like a little bit of his own specialness because man like why does anyone like put any faith in Luke saving the day when they've already seen Leia actually be pretty ingenious throughout the entire series? Yeah, they're like they have the same parents. Yeah, right. Yeah, like why was Luke the last hope in their minds? You know, until they go and say there's another. Um, <laughs> it's just little things like that where um, the, the you know obviously Leia is the one who lasts the longest in the sequel trilogy um, you know and she's not quite as much of a failure as the other two in some ways I suppose it, it just kind of feels a little insulting to me to take away from Luke's importance a bit uh, but I mean that's something I've been harping about for five years now so I'm never going to get what I want yeah that yeah. does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity now that you bring it up like they definitely could have added something in there that was like oh yeah like he's special too mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah I think it wouldn't have been as big of a deal if they didn't bring him in to be such a key player in episode six um right because so, like for the most part I didn't really think about Luke at all because I was like well he's got to stay away from him because of like Owen and because of like uh you know, just the way the movies play out um, in yeah. general, like he's not really supposed to know him that well at all. Um, yeah. And so like to have Leia be the focus, once again, I would rather it were a different kid, um, but mm. it, to have Leia be the focus yeah. makes, I mean, that's the only thing you're going to, it's sense. the only thing you can do if you're going to do the legacy. Character. Do that. Yeah. If you're going to bring the Skywalkers into it, which like we all know how I feel about that at this point, but um, if you, <laughs> if you are going to do that, it makes, you know, you only have Leia as an option there. Um, unless you're doing like a Clone Wars series, which you're not. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't really think about it either way, but that is a good point, especially with him being a major character in episode six that Mm -hmm. it's like, well, okay, we don't know, like Leia doesn't know she has the force yet, but they go out of their way to prove to us that Leia has the force in this series. (laughs) Um, and so like Luke's just kind of there he's like well i think yeah. I, I think it goes to a bigger criticism i have which is i think you were right mike that it was all leading up to that one scene between anakin and, and obi-wan and it felt mm-hmm. like they had an they it felt like they had a two-scene idea and then they made yeah. it a six-part yeah. series and those two scenes mm-hmm. are the flashback where they're fighting and it like informs their present conflict with each other and Correct. that you know <laughs> anakin's dead scene and that was yeah. it yes that's all mm-hmm. we got. Yeah, I mean, you could in. probably hang like a two-hour movie around, yeah. but a six-episode show, not so much. Yeah, it, it, 
the, I think that's the, that's definitely an issue. And well, I did like the sixth episode overall. Every time they were going to cut back to Reva and the shenanigans on the yeah, Lars homestead, like, no I was like, ah, like I don't care about this as uh, much. Yeah. And look, Star Wars has these moments where it's cross cutting between escalating action on different yeah, battlefronts. Yeah. Um, but usually, like they're all like they're all in the same plane of me generally caring about all of them. Like maybe and I they're... care about one a little bit more than the other. But like I, I'm not like, oh man, go back to the other thing. And they're <laughs> you know, connected as much as in some way, that. Mike. They're connected. Yeah. Like when Empire does it, and they're in Cloud City, and we're in Dagobah. Like mm-hmm. they're going to connect because he's like oh i yeah. sense my friend or in, in return of the jedi when it's like they're trying to get the the shields down Shield on the moon down. and like luke is there in the throne room like it may like it all yeah. of it is connected this is kind of like disconnected uh i i guess and then obi-wan magically shows up somehow like immediately at tatooine like i mm-hmm. well you know like look <laughs> if i was I, i've sometimes really thought about actually editing this show down to two and a half for movies so i thought about it a lot but if you just had Reva die at the end of the fifth, fifth episode, yeah, and great. then you removed all of, her, yeah, right, and then you removed all of her scenes in the sixth episode, and just had Obi Wan show up back at the homestead at the end and give the toy to Luke, nothing would have changed. Yeah, yeah. literally nothing would have changed. <laughs> like you could have just made a movie where he just goes off an adventure, Reva dies, he fights Vader one last time, and he goes back home, and then he goes and like meets Luke for the first time it would have been exactly the same. <laughs> so that goes and shows how like irrelevant that stuff was to the main action by that point. Right. Yeah. And also from a yeah, writing absolutely. standpoint, why isn't he the one who goes and talks down Reva from killing Luke? Like that's a total missed opportunity, right? Like yeah. Yeah. why isn't he the one to go and be like, Hey, you know, you don't have to go down this path. She comes to the, her own conclusion to go and like, let it go. But it would be a lot stronger if he kind of like maybe regains his faith in humanity a little bit yeah. for him to go and get there just in time and be like, Hey, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be like him. Instead yeah. he goes and like delivers an epilogue to that <laughs> motivation. Like it, Once again, it gets to the sloppiness of things. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, yeah, definitely one of the more like baffling lines in the series is when she's in the Lars household and don't they say something like why are you doing this or something and she says justice or something yeah. like that yeah. it's like for yeah. what like for to what? kill well, Darth she... Vader's son that he doesn't know he has well I think doesn't she have because she has that encounter with him in the first episode where she's like if you yeah. lead me astray or whatever like your whole family will die or what like mm. um, that is a solid point hadn't thought of that she, but it's a little muddy. Yeah, it's very, mu- it's very muddy. No, I, yeah, like, it's maybe not enough, but... I mean, I had a big conversation with my parents about it afterwards because they were like, was she targeting them because they she knew that Luke was Vader's kid and she's trying to get revenge on Vader? I was like, Unclear. no, I think it's I think it's because she's, she knows that, like, thanks to... Um, What's his name? Organa's message. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> which is the, the stupidest, message. the stupidest yeah. message. Why would you send that? Yeah, I was just yeah, about to bring that it, up. It, it's it's real contrived. <laughs> like, she knows things to that message that Obi Wan knows about this kid, and this kid's important to Obi Wan, and she also doesn't like Obi Wan because she thinks that Obi Wan failed Anakin, and therefore her and the Jedi, and so she's taking it out on Obi Wan through the kid. Like it's real convoluted to yeah, get like her actual reasoning, what she's trying to accomplish. Hey, I, I have a question about that message. Mm. Who is Baylor gonna praying to? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Han goes and says, I'll see you in hell. And, uh, in, uh, 
Empire Strikes Back. So is there a hell in Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's like, I pray that you were safe. And I was like, question. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> hold on a second. Did that Ewan McGregor Jesus movie take place in the Star Wars universe as well? Yeah. Or what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> That's uh, funny, Alex. I want to. I want to. Ridiculous! Yeah. How like awful that message is. Well, yeah, he, I, he knows all these things. Like, why would he just broadcast this to anybody who could find it? Yeah, I don't know. This so bad. I, Alex. I was wanted to go back to like what you said, just like kind of more macro about Disney and kind of where they're at with these these IPs and just getting one and like, Oh yeah, we just got this character. We have the rights to them. So we'll make this show. We think you watch it. I, I, I feel like that's just where a lot of companies are with IPs right now. Sure. Like it just feels like we got to get people to watch our platform. We got to do this. And I think the more like Obi-Wan, I would say maybe for most people like barely saved itself by the skin of its teeth. But I think, I think even just like a person who's like not super into Star Wars can watch this and be like, can tell that there's a fluctuation in quality. Like if oh, you yeah. watch through the whole show and you're like, why is, you know, like, oh, episode six, we had this really good moment, but there was other parts of the show where I didn't care. It was so slow. Like episode three was terrible. Episode four was so bad. But like, I think people are going to, I don't know. I don't know how much time disney and like marvel like i don't like how much time people are gonna like keep giving them the benefit of the doubt if this is kind of yeah. like a continuing thing i know for me like i'm a pretty patient person and like i said earlier this feels like the straw that's gonna break the camel's back for me i i don't know if people you know if people have been here for the long haul and you've watched the sequel trilogy and you've watched solo and you <laughs> you know you watch <laughs> book of boba fett and like there's been I feel like there's been a lot more misses than hits mm -hmm. and yeah. people are like, Oh, they're just bringing this out because it's an IP. Like I was telling Mike, like even of all the star Wars projects that are being announced, like Ahsoka, like I should be interested in that. Cause I think she's a super interesting character, but there's also part of me that I'm like wondering, like, how are they going to mess this up? Or like, <laughs> what will the quality be? Am I going to get like a, am I going to get like an Obi-Wan episode four quality? <laughs> Or am I going to get one where they like actually try? And I, I feel like the more that this happens, the more people experience this. And, you know, I, I'm speaking just from the Star Wars stuff, but like I could, we could also even lump some of the Marvel shows into this. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's an atrophy of mm. like people are just tired. And I feel like even the people making these shows, like the writing feels tired at times or it just feels like there's just a lot of sloppiness where it's like these are supposed to be interconnected and sometimes it's like they barely just almost by accident it seems are connected or like kind of makes sense like even the most recent marvel stuff i just haven't even had interest to watch it like i just yeah i can't even i can't pull my like i didn't watch hawkeye i don't have interest in watching miss marvel and some of it is just like some of these other things that I've watched have just kind of been like, okay, like even Dr. Strange and we'll talk about it. It's like, there's things I like about it, mostly Sam Raimi, but just from a story overarching, like how it fits into the MCU, there's other stuff where it kind of makes me feel like, okay, so then was it worth it for me to watch WandaVision? Like, like there's other things where it's like, things don't feel connected and it doesn't feel like there's a 
plan and it doesn't feel like I don't know the overarching like story is coherent and so I think as people see this more and feel it more and observe like oh they're gonna put out this show about this character I don't know if it's gonna be good Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I honestly feel like there could start to be a drop off of people just being like, I just I don't care or like I I just can't do this one. I but mean there I, there already is. You didn't see Bo- Book of Boba Fett, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. I, I just proof is in the I just, proof is in the pudding, right? Like Yeah, and I, I know that's just me and I know there's if we're talking about Star There's Wars, other people I know who are like that though. Oh, too. Yeah. They haven't seen Book of Boba either. For sure. And I, I know there's a lot of people with Star Wars particularly. I know like that's how Last Jedi was for them. And you right. know, and it's like we're not going to do that, but like even like rise of Skywalker, I felt like that was a horrible movie. And it's like, I will never like of my will go see that again. <laughs> like I'm not going to go watch it, <laughs> Right. but yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm curious, like how, what do you guys think? Like, this is my personal opinion. This is kind of what I observed. Some of the people I talk to, I know you guys, but like, what do you think? Like, yeah, is this I, just... I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think a lot of these, shows are are milking these characters that really came from something that george lucas created and Mm -hmm. you know obviously george lucas like to to preface what i'm about to say like obviously he wanted to make money off of star wars he wanted star wars to be successful but he also created this story and these characters because he believed in it and he loved it yeah he cared for these characters and, and writing and you could make criticisms of his movies too but Disney bought Star Wars to make money off of it. Probably not because they thought, well, we can tell some really good stories still in the Star mm-hmm. Wars universe. Yeah. And I think that just shows in, in the level of polish in these shows and movies. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think there's been, it's almost been, there's like a few rare hits. Yeah. Most yeah. of them are misses. I, 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 th- <laughs> I, I get the sense and I'll, maybe I'm wrong. Alex, you, like I think the sense among the three of us, MJ, um, Corey, and I is like Rogue One was good. That's probably the best thing that they've made under Disney. Mandalorian's yeah. good, yeah. and then everything else <laughs> has been kind of varying quality. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I feel and, like when I went to see the sequel trilogy movies, I was ready to give it a full chance. You know what I yeah. mean? I oh, yeah. 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 I was too. I was too. Open eyes, open ears. Yeah. But the only moments that I felt like in those movies where I was like, wow. I really cared about what just happened were with characters that were either that were from the original trilogy. Like I, mm-hmm. I could never get c- connected to the, to the new characters because they didn't write them well enough or they didn't put yep. me, them in situations yep. that made me care about yep. them. And yep. so like, yep. I, you know, in the, in the first movie being like, wow, you know, I'm so excited to hear all the same music again with the same themes and these characters that I love, but Speaking none of the of new characters. Yeah, talk about that too. Oh yeah, yeah. And they didn't include any of the music until the very end. Yeah. What a miss! What a miss! Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you completely. They are writing on um, the legacy characters a lot because they know that they can't go and create new characters generally worth a damn. Mando's been the only good one, but I would say even Mando's not actually as fleshed out as I would like him to be. But he has a good relationship with Baby Yoda, which goes and drives and carries. Well, he's also he's. I think think he has an interesting backstory hook with the like religious stuff now that they're starting to get into. Yes, yeah. now it's finally getting there with him, but it took, you know, two and a half seasons. So I'm counting Boba Fett in there yeah. too to get yeah. to that. Yeah, because you have to. Um, <laughs> you know, and I also think they made a really cowardly decision to go and reunite him with Baby Yoda uh, after so making that the driving point. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I think that that's going to be a mortal wound in that series Agreed. that they inflicted upon themselves. 
I, look, I understand that he drives a lot of the money-making decisions behind Disney. <laughs> and that's where, Alex, you're right. This is a financial investment by Disney to go and buy Lucasfilm, right. not an actual artistic endeavor. Yeah. That being said, they could have withheld Baby Yoda for a couple episodes, half a season, a season. People would watch it. That episode with Mando without Baby Yoda was actually pretty compelling. You can do it. You trust me, guys, but they reversed that, and I think that is going to be the fatal blow on that series ultimately because how many more times can you watch a baby get into danger and be cute? Yeah. I, I really do think there's it's more limited than they realize, and people are going to get sick of it at a certain point. Mm. But anyway, all that being said, I think they're terrified of doing new things. They don't know what to do. Um, it's I understand you, how you, um, Corey, have, are like, this thing's kind of over for me. Obviously, you know, I had a different breaking point. <laughs> I, this, this movie, to me, or this, sorry, this show, um, it didn't like violate the characters in a way that I feel like a lot of the sequel movies did. So it actually offended me less than that. Like, I didn't see Obi-Wan throw a lightsaber over his shoulder, okay? You yeah, know, like, just you, things you like that. saw him let other people get killed and act like a coward and not, Yeah, right. It, yeah. It, it, it's, there's some things definitely that were like, almost as bad but like to me he kind of stepped up and he did more good things and like he leaves in a better place for, in my mind as a character so he's not completely like ruined in the same you can, fashion you can i can see connect the, the dots to where like where obi-wan leaves off at the end of obi-wan kenobi becomes alec guinness at the beginning of a new hope yeah, it, you yes. know, and he still goes on to do things and contribute. Yeah, so I it's mean, not like, like leaving a sour Rebels, taste in yeah. my mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. And he, he, he hangs out with Rebels. Qui-Gon all the time now, I guess. Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. And so I, to me, it was not as offensive. And so I'm like, overall, you know what? I didn't really like violate too many characters. And while I understand some of your guys' criticisms about Darth Vader, I think generally they've handled Vader fairly well throughout this Disney run in general. I'm you know, more on, I'm really more cool on your moment. side with that, Mike. I agree. Yeah, you know, and Rogue One, for example, you know, he was super badass in that. And and in this, you know, he let Obi-Wan go and he let Reva go. And, you know, I hate that plot armor kind of shit. Yeah, but I too. like generally he kind of acted in a way that I thought felt good. And the ways he didn't act, it's like I kind of reconciled it with he's still kind of Anakin yep. inside a bit. And so he's in transition to being the Vader that we know. Once again, this is all like maybe head justification. No, I agree with you. Really I agree with you hundred well percent on that. And like the moment we see him become Vader until he doesn't become Vader anymore is that last scene. Which I mm -hmm. get, but I feel like the show does not give you enough. I think you guys would agree with me. If they had oh, yeah. leaned yeah. heavy into flashbacks yeah. and let us be invaders, then I then I feel like I could justify it. But right totally. now it feels like I have to make like the movie itself does not provide me the information to get there. It's, it's a yes. really big stretch. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's, it's weak justification when it could have been a lot stronger. So all that to say, I will take what shows come <laughs> as they may. Um, you know, I, I'll probably watch them, some of them begrudgingly, just so we have content ourselves, because that's what Disney cares about is content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, but honestly... Um, you know, I have no expectations for Star Wars anymore. They're pretty much rock bottom. So anything that doesn't completely crush my spirit is somewhat okay <laughs> now to me. Like that's how bad they, that they've wounded me at this point. <laughs> the old Mike is dead. Um, I killed him. Uh, I, you, you are what remains. I, I think, you know, I, I think both with Marvel and Star Wars, I'm kicking my mic. I, I think both with Marvel and Star Wars, I think they just hit a very, like, for better and for worse, I guess, definitive endpoint for a lot of people. Like, 
Um, yeah. Endgame is a very easy place to get off. And like, you know, once again, for better or worse, the sequel trilogy is a really easy place to get off. And the thing is, like, <laughs> with Marvel, now you have, I mean, not to disparage comic book fans at all, but like, it's a very limited audience as far as like people who actually read comics and keep up with all these characters. Yeah. And so you don't have as built in like these audiences craving new characters. The thing is with Star Wars, you kind of do. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the tide's turning. It, it, well, it's starting to, and it's Disney's fault. But what I'm saying is like up until then, you had a lot of people who read, um, the EU stuff, and I know they've thrown all that out, and that's not the point I'm trying yeah. to make. What I'm saying is, like, <laughs> it, you know, you had people who were interested in new side stories that aren't like, don't necessarily hook back into, you know, the larger... The, yeah. yeah, the Skywalker stuff, yes. right? And so you had that audience built in, and, like, yeah, you kind of nuked it with, you know, which was a poor decision. Um, but I still think there's a semblance of the Star Wars audience who would be fine with meeting new characters. And to be perfectly honest... I'm one of them, and I didn't really read any of that stuff um, mm -hmm. at all. But I've played a lot of video games that are about not yeah. the Skywalkers, you know? Like Kyle Katarn. Yeah, Kyle Katarn's great. Yeah. He's one of my favorite Star Kyle Wars Kestis. characters. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, what, what's his name? Dirk Ravager? What's his name? Dink? Uh, oh, Shadows uh, of the Empire. Kurt yeah, yeah. Dash Rendar. Uh, Dash Rendar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dash Rendar, uh, the kid from Fallen Order. Like, I, yep. I have accepted these new characters. Previously, uh, the, even the, the kid from Force Unleashed or whatever, right? Like, I yeah. I have accepted these as, like, new canon, whatever that means, characters and new stories in the Star Wars universe. And they largely go back to Darth Vader a lot of the time, but that makes more sense yeah. to me, um, mm -hmm. given the time periods that they're, 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 they're taking place during. And so Disney had a real neat opportunity, I think, to kind of give us stories with those kinds of characters in yes, the tv universe they and they don't they did yes. uh with mandalorian and then mm. they brought luke into it and then luke was like a big part of mando's arc for a while and i guess it remains to be seen whether or not he still will be um but it you know and th th i think that's one of the reasons i'm actually kind of interested in the andor series because he's my favorite character that disney made up um and he's in my favorite movie that disney made and yeah. so i and I, I just like diego luna as a performer so i'm like i'm actually like kind of on board with it and like I, I don't know my buddy blaine again was telling me that they did a lot of location shooting which is like something that <laughs> i'm missing yeah they actually built a lot of yeah. yes yeah instead of using the volume which is becoming a blight on everything disney is making now yes um, i'm beginning to agree and uh hmm. uh yeah, so I mean, I'm interested in that, but like, I don't really care about Ahsoka because like Ahsoka's connected back to the Skywalkers, and I just I'm done. Like, I think so many people are, I think more people are done with the Skywalkers than Disney realizes, partially because they've kind of mishandled those characters, but also because yeah. they hit a you know a somewhat natural endpoint with them after nine. Yeah, but then I feel like they. <laughs> Some of us, like me, for example, can't let it go because they fucked up the baton pass from them yeah, to other did. characters so yeah. badly that it, until they go and correct that, which I'm not sure that they can unless they basically acknowledge that the sequels were bad. They might wreck th Like we, we will never, yeah. I mean, they'll go and have the world between worlds go and change everything. Um, <laughs> like unless until they go and fix that, 
um, we're not going to be able to let it go in, in a certain sense. But I understand the argument, and I will go and say to go and rebut my own point. MJ, you know, you're talking about how like you could kind of have a good jumping off point for various series. Like Endgame is a good jumping off point for yeah. Avengers mm-hmm. and Marvel, and then. Return of the Jedi is a good jumping off point for Star Wars for me. Right. And this yeah. is one final point that I want to make when it comes to like how I'm, I'm going to approach these other shows. This is all fiction. This is all made up. My head canon is that Star Wars ends after Return of the Jedi, plus maybe some Mandalorian episodes and Grogu going into Luke's hands. New Jedis get started off, and in my mind, the adventure continues. And like it. And I can take and leave, you know, the bits and pieces of the Disney stuff that I like. Besides that, you know, Rogue One gets inserted into my canon. Yeah. But it's basically prequels, Rogue One, original trilogy, Mando uh, yeah. thus far. And and everything else can just basically go away. I mean, parts of Obi-Wan, I guess. Well, and that's Solo? how I evaluate everything. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just like, it's the same thing. I, I had this realization, and I think it happened after the sequel movies. But also, like, another movie I really was anticipating that disappointed me, The Dark Knight Rises. It was such like a garbage follow-up to me uh-huh. to um, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Then in my head, I'm just like the Dark Knight's the end of that series, and you know he goes off and he does more Batman things afterwards. And it's all fiction. You can make up whatever ending you want. You can make your own canon. You know, you pick and choose what you like. And that's the same thing with every show that's going to come out. Is if it fits in my mind with my conception of Star Wars is, then it's part of Star Wars. If it's not, then I can just happily ignore it and it doesn't hurt me anymore. Like it doesn't, it's not as painful when I go and come to that realization <laughs> that I have like power over this because it's all a bunch of fictional nonsense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all made up, right? Yeah. Like none of it's, none of it's real. Um, right. But like, like canon, canon is not like, you know, like, you know, we're talking about the Bible, you know, some of us, you know, we, yeah. we, we're believers or whatever, yeah. but canon of, of this is like, it's just a bunch of fictionary literary yeah. work. Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. And I think that's my big hang. I mean, I'm, I think I'm the least big Star Wars fan on this podcast currently. Um, not that I don't like it, but it's just like, yeah, there's so much of me that's just like, ah, it's just another thing. You know, like, it's just, mm-hmm. I understand people like, like, I, you know, I talk about this every time we talk about Star Wars, but like, it's never been one of my pet franchises. Um, I guess it was mm-hmm. for a time when I was a kid, but then I got like, I didn't outgrow it. I don't think I outgrew Star Wars, but I, I think I just like my interests diversified a lot and some people's didn't. And that's not to say that they're wrong or that they shouldn't or whatever. Um, but it's just like, I'm a different person than the people who like were really all about it. So like by the time like the sequel trilogy or whatever started like messing with stuff, I was like, Oh, that sucks. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I think the other thing too, My, is I, I, yeah. I, I watched so much stuff for other like podcast stuff and things that like i i like don't have the brain space to have to like care about any particular like any like one thing that much Mm -hmm. yeah i think and and i get that mj my 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 pushback to what you were saying is i understand that and you can pick and choose and whatever you want but i think it's a different thing when they are promising this and they're trying to sell this as all interconnected and like these are all pieces that will play a bigger role into like you know like marvel for instance you know it's like oh well like you need to watch all these things because it plays into phase four and like how it's all going to be connected and you know just Mm -hmm. for example i honestly think that 
that's one of the reasons Marvel has lost a lot of steam is because all of their shows are so not connected yeah. and they're directionless mm-hmm. in terms of an overarching story. Yeah. But they, they bill it and they sell it to you as like, you need to like have all of these pieces and you can't pick and choose. And I know mm-hmm. star Wars hasn't outright said that, but like in some of these series where they're pulling mainline legacy characters, it's, they haven't gotten into that mode where it's like, okay, like we've, we've had a definitive cutoff of like the legacy stuff and the main whatever the timeline and so now we're gonna go into these side stories they keep they keep doing this thing where it's like it's kind of a side story but like mj what you're saying it's like oh but luke is here so it's like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not fully like away from that and so it still feels like they're all connected and even this obi-wan show it's like it doesn't it can't fully stand on its own so it makes it hard for me to pick and choose and it's like yeah it's like obviously like in my own canon it's like i'm not gonna say like obi-wan and solo it's like it's terrible but i i think that's like the i think that's a lot of the pushback people are feeling because here well go ahead sorry let me finish no and 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 so i just think yeah you can pick and choose those things but it's still kind of being sold as like okay well this is all part of the new direction that we're going and so it it, yeah, it's like I can pick and choose those things, but it feels like misaligned with what they're telling me about the franchise. And I know, like, we all know it's fictional, it's made up, you can get off the train anytime you want to. But I think people are feeling more of that rub. Yeah, well, I, I would go and say that basically a lot of this stuff is just marketing telling you these things, and yeah. I don't have to believe what the marketing is telling me. I mean, the Skywalker saga is not a term that was even used until, until episode, episode 9's nine. marketing yep. started. Yep. You know, no one referred to it as that yep. <laughs> um, at all. And so I'm not letting those people, those marketing people who are trying to sell me on something, define me and tell me what the story is. Because I, you know, I don't, I don't believe in this death of the author stuff. You know, I think that what the yeah. author says is definitive. <laughs> but the author hasn't been involved in this series yeah. <laughs> uh, past the original six movies. So I have just as much right at this point to go and decide it, you know, as Disney does, as far as I'm concerned. Because he Everything said, else, every, right, yeah, he, that, he, said that he wouldn't do those things. He had these other Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and so to me, I feel like I have just as much right to go and call this stuff fan fiction because that's what it is. It's all fan fiction after episode six, you know, and the, you know, the original and the prequels. Everything else is just gravy on top. And so if I like it, then I can eat more of the gravy. But, you know, otherwise, I feel like I had a satisfying meal with the first two trilogies. And that's where I'm coming from. Whatever you add on to the original six, the original six are a complete story in and of themselves. Yes, I agree. And so so the canon that I provided, for example, in my own mind, it all fits. It doesn't require, like, other things or bits of things that I don't like to enjoy. Um, And so it works for me. But, you know, it may not work for everyone, um, but I'm, I'm not going to let Disney define what Star Wars is or isn't because, you know, I've been invested in this longer than they have. I mean, they only got financially invested in yeah. this 10 years ago. <laughs> I've been invested in it 30 something years at this point. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I have a good grasp on what Star Wars is and isn't. And so the things that don't reconcile with that conception, I, I can live without it. I mean, it still exists, but it's just not the story that I believe in or subscribe to. And then you think as more people take that position... I feel like that's what's happening. Disney is going to see that drop off. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to get the fan base is going to get more fractured. There's going to be less people watching it because they're going to pick and choose. And not every single one of these is going to be an event series or an event movie. And eventually, that's why they're going to have to go and either set new stories elsewhere, far in the future or far in the past, 
or reboot this whole thing with Ian McGregor <laughs> as old Obi-Wan Kenobi and the le- young Leia that they went and casted as Leia. I'm just joking, but maybe that's really going to happen. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I, I want to get Alex back yeah, into it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we... <laughs> We we have definitely dominated. Yeah, the, I'm uh, sorry, guys. Time. I had I've had so much. <laughs> no, this was a very um, Corey centric episode because you felt the strongest out of all three of us. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, um, it, Alex, I I want to ask you something um, with regards to and maybe this is not maybe like the ultimate thing to go and end on. Maybe the last <laughs> conversation was, but um, you know the music was pretty disappointing in this. Oh, yeah. To not use a lot of. Uh, John Williams themes in it and I, I just want to go and intro uh, there was a message that some of us passed around before we recorded oh, this. Oh I sent that. I meant to tell they, you I forwarded that oh. to Alex. Okay well then for the audience's benefit I'll just yeah. go and say that Natalie Holt the composer of this was in an interview and she basically said that they weren't sure whether or not they were going to get John Williams permission to go and use the original themes that he crafted in this show so they went and proceeded under the idea essentially that they would not be able to go and do that and the score that she made was pretty unremarkable. So, yeah. Alex, what's your take on that whole situation? No, I totally agree. And um, I actually didn't know that context until MJ sent it to me. And it almost feels like a tease at the end, right, when you hear the mm-hmm. original theme. And so, yeah, no, I, I also think that that hugely um, contributed to my dislike of this series in a lot of ways. You know, you're, you're seeing these original characters, you're wanting to hear the music that goes along with them that is so well-known and so well-loved. You know, everybody loves Star Wars music. I mean, if you could say anything about Star Wars that almost anybody loves, it's the music. It's so memorable, and you, you hear it and you think of a character. And so for them to not use it, which it sounds like, I guess, even if that is the case, that they thought they weren't able to use it, clearly they did at the end, and he must have given them permission, right? I mean, yeah. why not just go back and use better music? <laughs> I don't and, know. You have enough money. Like, yeah. You have money. You uh, have the money. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Just just use the right music. There's some scuttlebutt in Hollywood or something like that that John Williams was not happy about some of his themes being used in Rogue One. And in fact, they had to go and recompose parts of it at the last second because of yeah, that. Yeah, I heard and, that. And, you know, as a lawyer, I think that Disney owns the rights to all of his yeah, music. Yeah, right. Okay, definitely. Yeah, unless, uh, <laughs> unless there's some sort of secret side deal that was written after Disney acquired it. But, you know, a lot of us here played the video games of Star Wars things. Yeah. And they use his music all the time. All the time. But then but then something happened later, it feels like, with a lot of these more recent, even the Disney um, games, where they have original scores. They don't use his themes. Um, and it makes me wonder, is there like a difference between he doesn't like people just riffing off of his material or like extrapolating off of it? If you just play like the straight song, like as it was ripped from the CD, he doesn't mind. But people kind of interpreting his stuff he doesn't like it's it's a very weird line and you know was it is it because of legal reasons or is it because they just don't want to piss him off so i think they probably just don't want to make him mad like i think it's just a a respect thing and Mm -hmm. i think i do remember reading an article about how around when the sequel trilogy was being finished that he was done making Mm -hmm. music for star wars yeah he didn't want to make any more music 
Um, well, yeah, and now he's saying that Indiana Jones 5 is probably going to be his last movie, which makes sense. Yeah, he's 90 that. years old. It's fine. Also, he hasn't been yeah. good in like 20 years. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Since like episode three. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah. was I guess well, that was before, right? Yeah, because he only did the first two, yeah. and Harry Potter, his contributions were done by the time episode five yep. came out. Like that, and Memoirs of a Geisha were basically the last like really good soundtracks mm-hmm. he did. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, at time of recording, this is the day the soundtrack hit Spotify and streaming and stuff. And the cover for mm-hmm. it says, Obi-Wan theme by John Williams, score composed by Natalie Holt, Obi-Wan theme adapted by William Ross. So what, is, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Does that mean like he's the conductor on the new recording of the Obi-Wan theme that we hear in the last episode or it, it just, the... I think it's more like he made the melody and then this guy kind of took it Did and ran with yeah. it for an orchestra it, right. or something or a symphony. Uh, yeah. Um, like, like he actually like said, okay, you know, the strings do this right. and the horns do that, you know, that's how I interpret it. But it, that theme was okay. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the it strongest wasn't theme he made. Yeah. Like by the end of it, it had a little bit more attachment to it. Um, I, I didn't. Uh, but yeah, it, he just hasn't put out consistently great soundtracks. I mean, I could think of maybe Ray's theme from the sequel trilogy was somewhat okay. I can't even, um, I can't even no, recall yeah, that. Yeah, I can't either. It, it's like a little like flute melody. But no. other, other than that, <laughs> it, it, um, has not been very good output from him for a while. And I would not mind if somebody else took the reins completely, but it has to be better than what Natalie Holt did. Cause she didn't go and fill it with anything. Who's either. the Creed yeah, guy? Oh, uh, L- was it Ludwig Gorenson? Yeah. Ludwig, Ludwig Gorenson, right? Lud- uh, thank you. Google for realizing that I meant to put soundtrack after the end of Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ludwig Gorenson. Um, he did the music for both seasons of Mando and for Boba Fett. Um, well, he, he just made the Boba Fett theme on that show and someone else actually did the music for the rest. Oh, of Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then he scored Creed, um, which I think has a pretty good mm-hmm. score too. Uh, yeah, I think that guy would be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he has a different style than John Williams did, but it actually kind of worked mostly. In yeah, it works. It works in Mando and it, it just mm-hmm. like, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think difference necessarily bad. Um, especially mm-hmm. at this point, like with, with star Wars, like I think people want different a little, a little bit, like yeah. maybe not different with, maybe not different with the legacy characters, but just like different characters and different style. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think one of the things that like I really like about Rogue One and that I really liked about Episode Five of this is that it brought the war back to Star Wars, you know. And so it mm-hmm. felt like it felt like mm-hmm. war. And like Rogue One, we've talked about, feels like a war movie more than any of yeah. the other Star Wars movies do, um, yeah. except maybe six. And uh, you know, this felt like the 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 war. I mean, I know we didn't talk about her, but that 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 the lady that that grenades herself like. She, oh, yeah, she was one of the more compelling side characters I felt yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. and she was good. I liked her performance a lot. Like, I really liked that. That that was the one redeeming part of that. Let's bust into the into the Inquisitor hideout thing is like her. I'm always a sucker for those moments though, where like 
someone's someone's like gonna go in and is their clearance gonna work and if it doesn't how are they gonna get out of that like <laughs> oh man i i'm so over that cliche it's fun i think it's fun um <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i like that that was like the only thing i remembered about that episode and it took me this long into recording to remember that though um so i will <laughs> yep. say that but you know it but Anyway, episode five felt like they were in a war and shit was desperate, right? And so it, yeah. it was the only time that I felt any real stakes in the in the show at all. Tension. Um, so I think people want that now and like people want different in their Star Wars because it's been the same yeah. and about the same people for so long. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me that wants that, but... Uh, no, no, I mean, I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that there needs to be some agreed upon things that like we we can't do for a while there's a moratorium on them yeah. like and i'm going to give a shout out to one of our regular listeners uh alex he's one of my college roommates he's like we need to stop having tracking devices on star wars things for like at least <laughs> <laughs> you know cuz i mean yeah. how many times now has it been like i got a tracking device on that i let him go on purpose um you know stop infiltrating imperial bases also just stop with the empire and rebels do something yeah. different you yes. know like Make space pirates or yeah, something. You know, I mean, start. Sorry. We talked about this a little bit. Though, oh, I was going to say one thing. We talked about this a little bit, I think, on the cut portion of the last podcast. But, you know, Star Wars had an opportunity with the sequels to be more than just about little Reb- rebels versus Empire. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they blew it and they didn't do that. And so they locked Star Wars into what feels like forever a cycle of doing this. Um, but it could have been about something different. Which it could have been blueprints. about like. They had blueprints for that. Mike, yeah. But they. Yeah. Like, they're called they just... books. Um, uh, yeah, which by the way, uh, Kathleen Kennedy went and said like, you know, we, we don't have any reference materials. Like we, we're unlike, oh, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings or other things like that, or game of Thrones. We, we don't have anything to fall back on. It's like, uh, yeah, you do. It's 30 years of books. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, they, they had an opportunity to go and make the galaxy a little bit bigger and different. Um, they could have had the good guys be, you know, the Republic or slash the empire, but this time they're good and trying to maintain their morals. And it's the insurgent bad guy, terrorist empire, you know, a leftover Imperials that are the bad guys. There's a lot of different directions they could have gone with, but because of their cowardice, they've locked Star Wars into being this one thing and it, it's hurt it. And they need to figure out a way to get out of that box yeah. really soon, I think. Yeah. And that gets back to Corey's point. Yeah. Well, I, oh yeah. Go ahead, Alex. I I think it's kind of funny because like when we were just talking about the music too, like you know, like who who should do the music going forward because it's not going to be John Williams anymore, right? It, mm. it it kind of, it feels kind of funny because I feel like they're having like the exact same conversation at Disney where they're like, well, we got to make more Star Wars, right? <laughs> like whether there's a need for more Star Wars or not. Yeah. So like, who's who's going to do the music for Star Wars now? I mean, there's got to be more Star Wars, right? Like, yeah. There does not. We don't really like just as we were talking about earlier, is there really a need for more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has I everything mean, that needs to be said been said? And <laughs> just as you were just saying, so Mike was saying if, about Jurassic if, world, if we're going to, yeah. If we're going to make more, why don't we do something different? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Just well, do yeah. it. You have so yeah. much money. And I think the chances are there that people are going to love it more than hate it. At this yeah. point, especially with I, what they've just already done over the last Five, ten. I mean, how long has Disney owned Star Wars? Five, eight, uh, years. ten years now. Ten, year, like ten they, years. They bought it in two thousand twelve. That's crazy. So they've owned it for ten years. So you've done what you've done. Most of them have been fallen flat on their face. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Tr- try something different. You've got the funding for it. You've got the budgets. People will probably love it. Look at what you did with Mandalorian, and then you had to go and bring it back with you know characters that everybody already knows. But you know, give it give it a chance. 
just just give something else a chance that's what people yeah wanted this well and i think i think you can prove that um this is a weird thing and it'll probably get <laughs> cut out but like okay so there's this there's a star wars board game called star wars outer rim and the idea is that you are a bounty hunter mercenary in the star wars universe and you're going around these outer rim planets and you're trying to um uh 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 like smuggle stuff basically um so it's 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 like a they call it a pick up and deliver game so you go to one planet get a mission and it's like go take this to this other planet so then you got to maneuver through that but the whole time like the 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 rebels are on your tail or the empire's on your tail like because you you're basically not committed to either side there are rebel and empire forces trying to chase you around the board and you have to avoid them or like you know if you get caught by them you have to like play cards certain ways to get kind of get out of that sticky situation and make it to your destination and then you collect credits and like you have different encounters that have different story stuff anyway so the game's been out about three maybe four years at this point and they just announced or they just released a an expansion for it it's the first expansion that's come out and it's at, it adds a couple new bounty hunters and just like new more story stuff that you can uh uh, uh add to the game it has been the fastest selling expansion for any Star Wars board game they've put out uh, from this company. Fantasy Flight has the exclusive rights to those sort of high-end board games for that. Um, Fantasy Flight cannot keep it in stock. They've done three print runs and they've all sold out the first day they put them on uh, on their website. And I think it's because people are hungry for like stuff like that like the stories that yeah. stories that are not they're not really connected to the skywalkers like every once in a while you run into like han solo or whatever but like you don't have to he doesn't show up in a given game necessarily um i think you can play as han uh but you can choose to or choose not to um and like the characters in the game are like they're, they've been in the movies but they're not super important to the, like you can play like ig88 right um mm. and stuff like that so like do stuff i don't know like don't i mean i'm not saying like adapt star wars outer rim out of a board game into like you know into its show but like do a different kind of idea like that and because right. that idea was born out of the the guy who designed it is this designer named cory konetska and cory konetska designed this game called star wars rebellion which is star wars in a box like it is one person's the rebels one person's the empire the rebels choose a planet out of this deck of cards to make their rebel base the rest of the game is the empire trying to find the hidden rebel base and the rebels trying to stay hidden but also ward off the imperials where they can that's just star wars right and so he mm -hmm. made the definitive star wars in a box board game experience and was like let me do something different now and he made this game that's even more beloved by most people who've played it than rebellion and so like yep. because he challenged himself like th that's why <laughs> mm -hmm. yep challenge yourself and he did it competently doing. yes he did yeah. um i haven't that's, played that's, that's helpful yeah i haven't played outer rim but by all means it's great i own it but I, and i've owned it for about three years about as long as it's been out but um yeah it, it just like stuff like that shows that there is ways to tell new different interesting stories that people care about within star wars and like yeah i guess there's this idea that like you're inserting yourself into it, but people are excited about Fallen Order too, whatever that, I don't remember the name of it, yeah. but like that game's really good. And like, it yeah, doesn't it tell is. a super different Star Wars story, but there's enough different characters in it that it's like way more compelling than anything I've seen come out of Disney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, agree. and like, like we already referenced, there was 30 years of books that were going in different directions yeah. that were fleshing out the story and taking it in different places. There's, there's stuff to mine from. 
you can yeah. be original, but you can also do some deep cut mining from some of these other board books that most people have no familiarity yeah. with. So yeah. for ninety-nine percent of the audience, it's going to be something totally original to them, you know, and only the super nerds will know. Which is exactly what Marvel was doing for a period of time. You know, they're taking concepts of things that they already wrote, like yeah. Civil War or whatever, and then they're adapting it the parts that work and what don't work for the big screen. It's not difficult, but they seem real scared right now. And so maybe real Disney, scared. like I've heard rumblings, like they might be trying to turn the corner, but I don't know. Like, Mike, I don't know if you've heard stuff about like, you know, in the Soka series, they're going to try to start to set stuff up for like Thrawn. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's actually, they're actually going to do that. Um, but there's part no, of well, Kathleen Kennedy went and said about a year ago that all these TV shows are leading up to, um, a big crossover event. Well, they they so referenced that's what let everybody. Think. They referenced Thrawn um, in Mando season two, like by name. Yes. Yeah, yeah but I I just don't like. There's part of me that worries, like, okay, like, are they, are they actually gonna like nail it, or is it just gonna be, is it gonna be a hot yeah. mess? Because I think like some of these shows are supposed to connect, like you know, like Ahsoka and I guess Mando, and so mm. I don't know. So it'll be interesting, and you know, they've dabbled with stuff like. I feel like they kind of tried to dabble with like gray Jedi in the last Jedi, but not really. So mm-hmm. like that could be something that like we haven't seen before. And it's interesting. Like gray Jedi are interesting. Like it would be something very different, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I agree with you guys. Like, I feel like people are tired and they want to see something new and star Wars is so much bigger than just the Skywalkers. Like I, I really enjoy the Skywalkers like stories, but you know, there is also part of like it's Star Wars. It's a huge freaking universe. Yep. <laughs> you have so many places you can go. Like these other games, these other mediums have proved like people don't have to be directly related to Luke Skywalker to to enjoy it or to tell a really compelling story. I think that's why like we all really liked Rogue One because it was mm. like. You know, it wasn't anyone directly tied to Skywalker. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, like, it had implications for A New Hope and the Death Star plans. But I like that it was, it felt very different. And it was a different type of story. And I think people want that. But, but. but here, uh, <laughs> uh. The, the rebuttal to this is, um, do people really want that? Because this had the biggest premiere, according to Disney, of any of their Star Wars Disney Plus shows. Or maybe any of their shows, if I remember right. So it seems to indicate to me that people do want the familiar, the familiarity, yeah. and then, uh, and then I would then, be curious to see the fall off. Of course, they never well, release. Yeah, they won't. Yeah, they won't. I, I think most but people I probably finished it, stuck with but it. But I yeah. think, I think there's 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 something, and this is a whole nother issue. <laughs> I think this is this is a whole podcast. I think, but um, I, I, I the thing is, this shit is meant to be watched while you're on your phone uh, yeah yeah there's, there's a lot of that at play for sure just even the way some circle. of it is shot like i know we haven't really talked about that but yeah like is this, well just like that's know. just uh, every streaming thing is like with the exception of stranger things i feel like every streaming show is meant to be watched while you're on your phone on your couch afterward yeah. you know like yeah it's not it's just that's that's how low investment it's how people watch tv now um yeah you know and you're not supposed to take it so seriously yeah exactly <laughs> yeah which is not like you know obviously a sign of artistic enlightenment you know it's a, it's an indictment on the making filmmaking no i mean i totally agree though i mean it, it feels like they made it where they're like 
are you, are, you, are you really paying attention the whole time? That's fine. We'll just do a kind of a shitty job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and, and the other rebuttal to my point that both Corey and MJ are making is, you know, moving on from the Skywalker stuff. Are you just saying that because, for example, in Corey's case, because they fucked it up so bad? <laughs> like, And that's the reason why you're not so I mean, on board for it? Because, like, they had 30 years of books where, like, Luke and Han and Leia were all alive yeah, still, like, 30, and, like, 40, Han 50 years had, after Return of the kids, Jedi in those books. Was, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, yeah. And, and people still liked those stories. They still liked seeing them on adventures and getting older and wiser. And then obviously there was more of a next generation that was taking over. Right, and yeah. you saw more of them. There were like dozens of, you know, other Jedi characters, yeah. or, you know, uh, rebel characters or new Republic characters. So to me, it wasn't the Skywalkers and it's still not the Skywalkers that have the problem. It's just that they messed them up so bad that now it's like that whole timeline is toxic and now they need to go and escape to a different I timeline. think it's a... I could definitely um, agree with that viewpoint. Yeah. And I also think that like if they've done such a bad job with these characters who are already so established and already have mm-hmm. like set backstories, like would they even do a better job with like creating new characters? Like I, I think they actually have to like care a little bit yeah yeah regardless of what they're gonna make right like, right yeah at the end of the day you know you just have to tell a good story and whether that's with established characters or new ones it still yeah. comes down to the story that you're telling has to be worth saying yeah and yeah. you know they've demonstrated problems on a lot of ends <laughs> no matter who they're dealing with on that well front. i think the other thing too is books are not movies so they're not reliant on the image of a particular performer embodying that mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of that at play too um, so like yes. my thing is like I'm not necessarily anti making stuff about the Skywalkers from here on out, but if you are like I really think if you're gonna focus like just recast, but most people don't agree with me on that. So it, th- at that point, then yeah, just let them go. <laughs> you know, like yeah. And, yeah. and we tried it with and Solo, and people didn't like it, and there's like a myriad reasons why well, that you know. Uh, well, that yeah, but that movie was set the story up to was fail. Bad. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. set up to fail. Like. Yeah. I don't know if it's so much well, the recasting of him. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. And like I'm I mean I've always been fine with recasting. Like you you guys all know my Indiana Jones take that they should have been re- I mean we should have as many yeah. Indiana Jones movies as we have James Bond movies and they should be recasting every like 3 or 4. Um but that goes and takes us back to this show though, <laughs> which is that you know, they chose between making the two standalone movies they went with Obi with Han Solo when they should have gone with Obi Wan because right. that was the one that people actually wanted. Yeah, and you know I understand the the recasting, not recasting, all that stuff argument, but there was a demand there for an Obi Wan yes. show. I think yes. that's most yes. of the, that's the thing that most of us as fans wanted more yeah. than anything because they had these actors while they're still capable of playing them convincingly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. And, and that was the story, or that was the angle that I think a lot of us wanted was, hey, Ian McGregor is still physically fit enough to go and do some more right. stuff. You know, it's not like the same situation as Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher, where, you know, they probably waited 10 years too long to really make something yeah. with them. And yeah. I think they, they kind of did miss their moment where they can maybe be key contributors to something. But it wasn't the case with Ian McGregor and Hayden Christensen. And so I still wanted some stuff with yeah. them. And, you know, it, it's too bad that they kind of partially blew their chance. Oh, like I said, I, I ended up a little more positive than I think, you know, at least Alex and Corey did on it. Um, but I, I think that there is value in, some, in exploring some of these characters still if they have the means, if like the actors are still the right ages or whatever. But you have to have a story worth telling. Yeah, if there's and that's a story where we disagree worth on. telling, well... We're probably going to get a season two, Mike. You think so? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. They basically said as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's why well, I, the the whole Qui Gon thing at the end, like, and then Ewan McGregor has said some stuff too, like at Star Wars Celebration. And so is Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Huh. Which I'm like, and, I have no idea what they're gonna do. Huh. Yeah, you know, I'm firmly of the belief that Darth Vader should not play a big role again because they they've had four fights now <laughs> in the canon. Um, I, I don't think you can fit any more in there. Um, find a way to kill space Hitler again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, and here's one other thing uh, I'll just briefly say there, there were leaks for this show that have been out for months now. Yeah. And, um, the release were pretty much like 80 to 90% right. But where they deviated the most was the very end of the show. Yeah. Reva actually, um, didn't live. She uh, went back to, to Vader. Well, first of all, Obi-Wan talked her down, which I think was a better call. Yeah. And then she goes back to Vader and reports to him that she's killed Obi-Wan and that basically Vader doesn't believe her and then like kills her. Yep. And that to me indicates that they went and changed their minds and they're like, oh, well, we're going to make a second season. And, and she's going to be um, in it. And she's going to be in it. And also, you know, we're going to go in, um, you know, kind of prove all the people who are supposedly racist against her wrong or, you know, yep. whatever. Um, so that, that to me is a sign that there's going to be a second season. And even how they left Liam Neeson for like, right, literally like the last minute. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a big tease. because if you're going to, I don't, and I don't know what the former script was, Mike, but I feel like they, they tease you him up front. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to talk to Qui-Gon. And so it kind of makes sense in the character arc. I would think that Qui-Gon should have showed up a little bit earlier. Like, the leak originally said that Qui-Gon goes and shows up like during the fight, the last fight with Vader and like gives him sort of, sort of like spiritual boost to overcome mm-hmm. the fight, which I kind of feel like that was a little bit being set up. So they also deviated from that. Yeah, it was too. definitely something yeah. to that, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Uh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm okay with like where this led off, like yeah, left same. off actually, but I am really concerned about them taking up the reins again with another. Scene. Are they doing a Boba Fett too or no? No, okay. I mean they haven't said anything, which makes me think that it's not yeah. happening. That's good. Yeah, they really should not continue this show. <laughs> yeah. they, you already didn't have enough to say. Yeah. 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 Like, what else can you do, dude? I like, exactly. What else is there to be said? I mean, he does the rest of it in Rebels, like yeah. Obi-Wan does. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you could do some real weird, like Force Vision quest stuff where he's trained under like Qui Gon. Like, I, there's ways as a writer I can conceive of something. No, but I, are I, they like ballsy enough to do it? No, no. they want to play it as safe as possible, and they'll do something lame. Yeah. They'll bring back Darth Maul because it's I Rebels and nobody, be, nobody's mm-hmm. watching. Yes, I think that that's what they would do. Uh, I mean, they did, I right? In Solo. Yeah, but then that movie yes. sucked. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, I really liked... Uh, 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 I think we're just BSing now, and a lot of this will get cut out. But <laughs> I, I liked when Kathleen Kennedy somewhat recently like just kind of threw Alden Ehrenreich under the bus. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> where yes. she was like, no. she was like, uh, yeah, we're never going to recast ca- legendary characters. Cause we tried that once and it didn't really work out. And I was like, okay, well, hang on one. They've recast Obi-Wan, uh, for yeah. the prequels. So you can do that. And two, uh, the implication there is that, uh, uh, the digital Mark Hamill and digital, Carrie Fisher should have been baby Luke and baby Leia in this. 
<laughs> which would have been very, very funny uh, if that would have happened. Th- that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd it's be like, amazing. oh, well, we got um, we, we brought Mark Hamill in to do mocap for nine-year-old Luke because we can't yeah. we can't recast <laughs> legacy characters. Uh, that's so good. <laughs> Uh, no, you can't cut any of this. <laughs> yeah, you gotta leave it in here. Yeah. Well, on that note, I guess because because I'm, I'm gonna reference it then again so I can get it in there the next time. So yeah, you just Mike's gotta go and get it yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. On, well, on the Andor episode, you're gonna bring it in somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'll go back on my riff about how they screwed up Star Wars, they effed up the baton pass, and they limited Star Wars potential by making the sequel trilogy the same damn thing. I'm gonna get my point in one way or another, MJ. I'm gonna get my point in um cool uh, well alex thank you for uh joining us on this episode thank you for mostly listening to us alex while we yeah i'm it. i'm sorry alex i'm usually like not this i mean cory was fired up like cory hasn't been this fired no, up on the podcast i'm, I'm just happy to be here i just, i feel like i even learned more like perspectives because i i don't have as many um mm. like friends or people that i talk to about star wars this in depth mm. so it was interesting to hear other people's perspectives and even just more like hearing your perspective on how you view the canon. Like I've mm. always looked at it and been like very sad that some of these other games and movies and, or not movies, but books and comics and stuff just aren't canon anymore. And now I can just pretend that they are because they're a lot better written than a lot of this <laughs> other crap that's being released yep. now. That is yep. true. Would you say that you have gotten some real perspective? Ha ha. <laughs> 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 and with yeah. that. Um, well, Alex, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Any any projects you're working on pu- publicly that you would like to get the word out on? Or just happy to be here? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything. Um, but I think if I had to say anything, if somebody's listening to this and they do really like Star Wars and they like video games and they haven't played, we didn't talk about this yet, I don't think, if they haven't played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, mm. Republic one or two, those are fantastic games mm-hmm. with fantastic stories and and so so much content and great characters in them. Um, if you like Star Wars, you should play those games. You're missing out if you have. Agreed. Yep, the blueprint to different kinds of stories is right there, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You can you can buy Kotor on your phone now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like five yeah. bucks. You can do it, <laughs> which is wild. Um, that's so crazy. Um, mm. Corey, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh wow, it's been a ride. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, YouTube channel, real filmmaking. I do stuff about making movies and cameras and all that fun stuff. So check it out. Cool, Mike. Uh, I have two books that have been published. One is called The Aurora War, and my second book is called The Ashen Prophecy. They're tied together, but um, they're both standalone. You can jump into either one. Uh, the Ashen Prophecy has an audio book that I'm pretty proud of, narrated by Graham Mack, who's a UK radio host and presenter. It, I try to go and apply the criticisms that I make about storytelling to my own writing, and I'd like to have you go and comment and tell me whether or not I succeeded. So please go and check them out. It's on Amazon, Audible, and uh, I think that's basically it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, 
well, obviously this show, if you're listening to it, um, we've got a whole summer planned out. Um, I think Stranger Things is yeah, yeah, next, yeah. probably, if not Doctor Strange hmm. 2. Doctor Strange? Uh, yeah, one of those two is what you'll hear next. Um, and if you guys could uh, share this show. Uh, oh, first off, thank you guys for a lot of the feedback on uh, Jurassic World Dominion. I got a lot of people who told me they listened to that episode and also yeah, yeah. hated that movie. Um which it makes me happy that a lot of people hated that movie, but it makes me sad that a lot of people saw that movie. Um, and yeah, uh, I think by the time you're hearing this, I, I'm i on so many podcasts in July, you guys. Um, so I'm just going to get them all out of the way right now. I was on Fandamentals to talk about the Elvis movie slash music biopics in general. I was on, oh no, what's it called? Um, I was on Movie Mavens to talk about Catch Me If You Can and another plane-based movie. Um, And then I was on... I was on Anatomy of a Film Fan with Kira Comerford to talk about five movies that kind of helped shape me as a movie fan. I talked about Punch Drunk Love, um, Godzilla vs. Megalon, The Lion King, Pulp Fiction, and I want to say The Dark Knight. Um... Yeah, uh, those those five movies I talked about on that. I don't know when any of that is coming out. I think you'll be able to hear Elvis by the time you hear this episode, if you're listening to it the date it's coming out. Um, up next, we have, yeah, either Doctor Strange or Stranger Things. On the Stranger Things episode, we will be joined by my co-host on my other podcast, Sarah Buttery, uh, to talk about that both halves of season four. Um, speaking of my other podcasts, I have another podcast called Let's Jaws for a Minute, um, which is available Uh, Wherever you're hearing this, um, if you could go like, rate, review, and share both of those podcasts, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, That show was about us talking about Jaws one minute at a time, um, and that part of it is done now, but we are currently in the middle of doing the sequels. You should be able to hear uh, Jaws 2, if you're listening to this episode, the day it came out, next Friday. So we'll be recording episodes about each one of the Jaws sequels, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, and Jaws the Revenge. Um, And yeah, those should be, those those will be released every other Friday. So this show releases one Friday, LJ Fam is what we call that one, releases the next Friday and vice versa. Um, If you want to find out way more about any of that, follow me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Um, I have a link tree in my bio there that gets you to all the all the stuff I do. I I'm on a lot of podcasts. That's I do that a lot. Um yeah. Uh other than that, until next time. Uh May the force be with you. Is the bad guy. It's not with this show. Um uh, yeah, I don't who's a bad guy in this? Rev is the bad guy. guy? All right. And the bad character.